The Tumbling Saber podcast is powered by our powerful friends. Become a powerful friend for just a couple dollars per month and get exclusive podcasts, early access podcasts, random prize draws, contests, newsletters, and more. Visit patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Episode 115 of the Tumbling Saber podcast is in your ear holes. My name's Kyle. I'm Corey. Welcome back, everybody. So nice to have you with us. Thank you for making us part of your listening day. So what's going on, Corey? How you doing? Not too bad. It's uh, It's been a bit of a trying week there. Uh, I don't want to get into the details, but I'm starting a new job tomorrow. Oh, you're, so, still, you know, you're just diving right in. Yeah, why not? You know, uh... <laughs> So that's it uh, tonight, you know, might not be my regular self. Uh, if anything, I'm just going to nurse a beer or two. Whoa, you yeah. should start a new job every week. <laughs> no, anyhow, uh, yeah, so just setting stuff up for the podcast actually this week, having to get a new laptop and new equipment and all that stuff was a bit trying for me. Uh, all this uh, electronic sorcery is it's not my bag, you know? It, it wasn't that difficult. <laughs> well, to be honest, the last thing I did with you, I didn't even try myself because at that point I was just so fed up. Uh, the the laptop that I'm using now it's it's it's, a, it's an older model it still checks out <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know it's it's it was just giving me so much problems man like ugh, e- even before recording today like just wouldn't connect to the uh, to the internet for just some odd reason then you know shut it down start it back up oh, connected oh boy those. yeah yeah you're gonna have to treat this one with with uh, white glove service <laughs> yeah it's all good I got it under control. <laughs> Hey, so big, big week coming up. So yeah, no, uh, I just got to be uh, on the ball tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, we're aiming, for, I guess, for maybe a a, a bit of a short, shorter show this week. I guess you can just take a look down there, friend listener, at your your timer there, and see if we actually follow through on a shorter show. Uh, but yeah, we want to give Corey a bit of a break. So let him actually show up at the office on his first day, a on time, and b maybe a little fresher than than normal. Yep, After it's one of those days, you know, it's it's a bigger company, so it's going to be like, and plus I I know so many people that work there, so it's going to be all day, like, you know, same thing over and over. Hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and let's be honest, it's, it is a big week in Star Wars, in podcast land here, so people are going to get their fill of us anyway, once once we do Sith Disturbers and Bridge of Transmissions and, and this show here, we're, we're, we're dropping three pods this week, so... If this one is a little bit shorter than the average, I don't think we'll be crucified for that. But then again, stranger things have happened. Uh, but Corey, Solo is just 88 days away as we record. Ooh, snowmen. Yeah, man. That's that's pretty awesome. It's coming yeah. fast. I can't wait. It's coming fast and furious like Ranger Solo. Damn tootin'. I can't wait for that movie, man. It look, I, I'm getting, I just get more excited. They, they could tell me anything about Star Wars and I'd probably get excited for it. It's kind of pathetic. Like, they could tell me it's Ron Howard reading from a phone book for two hours. And I, yes! 88 days away, man. Can't wait to hear Ron read from a book. Yeah, you know he's going to choose the best names. All the best names. All right, so anything to add to the collecting update this week? 
<laughs> well, yes, kind sir. Actually, Kyle, Kyle and I met up uh, yesterday, I believe it was. And, oh, uh, right, when I had to be your IT guy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, whatever. It's your show. <laughs> but uh, no, Kyle actually hooked me up. Um, it's our show. It's a team effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, anyway, um, Kyle, he, uh, actually, I finally got my birthday and Christmas gift, uh, which was, I've said before, but finally it's in hand now, and it's so awesome. Uh, Jaina Solo, six-inch Black Series, as well as a three-and-three-quarter Fen Rao from the Rebels line. Uh, love that character and uh, yeah and also more importantly Hindsight written by uh, Mark Godsiff and Paul Jones and uh, my good friend Matt Keegan well I think I think you got that reversed it's written by Matt Keegan based on a story yeah screenplay yeah sorry (laughs) my Mark and Paul but uh, anyhow I'm super looking forward to get into that I think I'm going to try and bang that out as soon as possible like I'm doing I've been priming my Priming the the fuel line there, getting the gears going slowly but surely with my reading. Uh, doing a lot more reading lately. Like I, I read Canyon last week and uh, read up to the lead up to uh, the beginning of Rebels again. So that was kind of cool. And then after I watched Rebels, I really need to uh, console myself all, after all that gloom and doom. Um, so I kind of went out. I went to I actually went to a specialty toy shop this time because I was like, oh, there's bound to be something here. And yeah, no, there was squat. So I ended up just picking up a Black Series Snowtrooper. I'd seen him around uh, every now and again. Not really a rare figure, but a super cool figure. And I was just like, you know what? Uh, I need to buy this. It is and a then, really cool figure. Yeah. And then uh, I think it was, yeah, it was Friday night, actually. I, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. It was, I, I don't regret it, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you regret it. No, I mean, because I, I always said I was sticking with the uh, the robots when it comes uh, to Funkos, but um, no, I already have the chopper, and I went and splurged on the the rest of the, the Ghost Crew, Spectre 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6. Wow, all right, good for you, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, did, nice did little... you go check out that video store in a town nearby here, which had the most Funkos I've ever seen outside of a con? Oh, no way, really? Oh, man, I, mean, yeah, I mentioned that here, like, I don't know, maybe... Three weeks ago, I gotta go check that out. It's it has the most. It there there are hundreds of them in this video store, hundreds. It's it's crazy. Any robots? Uh, I I would assume yes. <laughs> They're just all. Every time you turn your head, there's another display, another wall filled with Funkos. Of just as as far as you can see, Funkos everywhere. Yeah, it's it's easy to get carried away with those things. They they are kind of cool, and they have such little niche. Uh, like, they're able to tackle almost anything. It's amazing. Well, I mean, they're so collectible. They're so cute. And they're not expensive. And, they, you know, they, you have exclusives from Walmart or Target or Toys R Us or whatever. There's there's all kinds of people that have, like, the Chase Pork. I, I want a Chase Pork for no, no other reason other than it's a chase. It's, a, it's the thrill of the hunt. I gotcha. Anyway, um, so a, a Snow Trooper added to your collection this week. Yeah, and Gina Solo. Good stuff and Fenrail, but I mean yep. that we we tackled that way back when when I when I promised that was actually coming. Man, I can't yeah, believe so, that took that long. But yeah, actually, they made they made it up to me though. I don't know if I mentioned that on the pod, but yeah, so stuff that I'd ordered in mid August only showed up in mid February, or sorry, no, it's not mid August, mid October. Stuff that I ordered in mid October only showed up in mid February, which I think under most circumstances would be considered unacceptable. 
yeah, and this I I I'm not uh, somebody who's going to get too overly worked up about late delivery on toys. Um, but yeah, I mean the box came in and it was just, it was just I apologize if I've told this story before, but the box came and it was a lot bigger than you would think for you know two Black Series figures and three three and three 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 and three quarter figures, but inside was a six inch Kylo Ren and two additional Funko Pops, a a, Kylo, a Finn and a Poe. And that was great. I was, so they made, they kind of made it up. That's nice off to them. Yeah, that's that's Northmen Collectibles. They're a shop in Toronto, I believe. Yeah, I've heard of them. They're actually you kind of see them all over the place on the internet when you're like looking for to buy Star Wars stuff. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty well known. It's it is surprising. I mean, I ordered from them because I saw people just raving about them. And uh, yeah, that, for whatever reason, it took me like four months to get my order. <laughs> Anyway, let's plow ahead. Um, so you may, you may be asking yourself, where's James? Where's Carlos this week? Uh, James James has to share the technology in the house this week. And Carlos, I assume, we haven't touched base this weekend, but I assume Carlos is at this moment safely ensconced on his couch watching the return of The Walking Dead. So that's what I assume is going on there. And like I said, it's it's okay for this week. Uh, that were a little leaner, just because uh, Cor- Corey wants to go to go do some dodo. Dodo. <laughs> All right. So um, by that, in that spirit, Corey, let's just plow right into the news and uh, the Last Jedi on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, whatever is your choice. It's coming out. It's coming home on March 27th for here. For those of us lucky enough to live in North America, so I I, I think I know your answer. But you're buying this opening day, right? Like you're you're gonna just charge right into Walmart on the more early morning, March twenty seventh. Uh, probably not early morning. I'll probably have to head over there at lunch. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to episode one fifteen of the Tumbling Saber podcast. That'll do for us, uh, especially Corey. Yeah. <laughs> or if not, uh, I'll just send my uh, my older brother to go pick me up a copy. Actually, I know I don't know where where I'm getting my copy at. I think I'm going to go with the 4K Steelbook. I really want that. I really, really want that. Uh, it, it comes with the, with the 4K copy, but it also comes with the Blu-ray and the DVD, which, you know, the, the DVD is more of a coaster than anything at this point in 2018. But if I get the 4K disc player, man, will I, I will be one happy kid. It's so funny. I was actually at Kyle's yesterday and, you know, I'm just, we're just chatting and then he kind of just throws it in there slyly to his wife. Yeah, I've been uh, thinking about getting a 4K player. I wonder why. No, no, she's, I mean, she knows. We When we, when we bought the TV, I was like, mm, I maybe I'm going to get this 4K player to go with it. And the guy said, yeah, don't, don't bother. I mean, there's not that many 4K movies and the TV does a good job of upscaling. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay, fine. We'll see. Um, Yeah, but do you still, I mean, in an age of Netflix streaming, do you still buy physical media or are you just, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll save the coin and I will just watch it via Netflix. It's kind of an interesting question. Like I have kind of a, a movie collection or you, you know, back in the day, like it even started with VHS. Like I started to have a really awesome VHS collection and then moved on to DVDs, doubled up on some stuff. And uh, looking back in it, like I really haven't bought much. Uh, the only things I've really been buying are... <laughs> obviously Star Wars and kind of like superhero stuff and DC animated stuff. Other than that, even if I see a good deal, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of odd. I'm kind of moving away from that a bit, but when it comes to Star Wars, I'll always have that physical ho- copy in hand. 
but other media uh i don't know it's kind of kind of hard to say like unless i'm collecting something like the marvel stuff like the dc stuff like i collect toys of those as well you know so yeah i i've i've gone the digital route for a lot of things but movies that i do love and it's really only in the nerd realm i will buy the actual physical copy everything else now i will leave to streaming so th- i mean recently i bought wonder woman uh spider-man homecoming uh civil war not too long i mean fall or so of 2017 um yeah so a, a movie that i really adore i will pick up and um uh, for the kids as well i will pick up something because you, know, you know the way they they watch things over and over and over and over uh it's it's much better <laughs> to have the physical copy rather than stream the same movie like six times in in one day it's crazy um but yeah i'm 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 first day getting that uh 4k steelbook ah maybe not the 4k steelbook but something and it's, i i'm i'm debating cuz the, the last 2 years with rogue one and tfa i took that day off work <laughs> i just i what you know tfa i took the day off i ran to walmart i bought my copy i came home i splurged rogue one i took I, w- I bought the movie, went to work for a half day, then left and came home and watched the movie in the afternoon. And this year, I don't know, it's going to be tight because I've got some time off earlier in the month and I don't know if I'll be able to take a second day off. I don't know. Let's let's talk about some of the extras. Any, anything jumping out at you? Kind of depends. I mean, every DVD kind of has different stuff, right? But when I look at the, what they have available on this, like... Uh director and jedi that looks so cool like anything with mark hamill chatting and just getting more insight from ryan as well would be really interesting and then the the balance of the force thing is really intriguing to me no just seeing yeah (laughs) i want to see where ryan johnson's coming from you know and just get a little more depth in that and you know deleted scenes always fun always down with that i mean i looked at the titles for a lot of them it seems like they're kind of be a little uh Nothing super significant anyway. I couldn't see which one was the the third lesson. That's uh, that's going to be Caretaker Village Sequence. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Then Lo- okay. Luke has a moment as well. That kind of intrigues me. Other than that, uh, I'll, I'll watch them all. Don't get me wrong. And I, I always love watching them. But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, I'll, I'm going to watch the whole thing. But I'm, I'm gravitating, uh, gravitating toward those things. I'm interested in the alternate opening. I definitely want to see what, what else they had planned. Um, obviously lesson number three, I definitely want to see that the mega star destroyer in incursion extended version. I want, I want that. Um, phasma squealed like a whoop hog. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Maybe I guess an extended scene to her falling or some audio. I don't know. That is, a, that's a, that's a strange one, man. Ray and Chewie and the Falcon definitely want that. Two of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. I will definitely take more of that whenever you offer it to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch all of these scenes. This is a lot, man. These are a lot of del- deleted scenes. And a couple of these, according to Ryan Johnson, are like full-on, fully produced sequences. So there's going to be a lot of stuff in here, I think. Imagine how long the movie could have been. Oh, three-plus hours. And that's always the question, right? Like, ooh, I would love for them to put this scene or that scene back in the movie. It should be there. And, go, you know, tell a Star Wars fan that there's extra Star Wars. Oh, put it back in. Give me the four-hour cut. I'll take it. But uh, that that's how we 
as, as fans get nuts, right? You got to leave it to the pros to actually trim it down to the story it needs to be. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but I'm with you. Um, director commentaries, I love. I love those things to death. And yeah, Balance of the Force. I, with a movie as, as kind of odd as The Last Jedi, I definitely want to have Ryan Johnson dumping his thoughts all over the place for me to kind of pick up and read. Because yeah, there's, there's, I think, a lot of stuff going on in this flick that we still don't quite understand. Well, I think the, the director in Jedi is actually different than like a, a commentary on the movie. I think there is a commentary, a video commentary with Ryan Johnson, but uh, the director in Jedi is just, I think it's a, they're going over the whole entire production together, just talking about everything. Yeah, well, the synopsis for that is, go deep behind the scenes with writer-director Ryan Johnson on an intimate and personal journey through the production of the movie and experience what it's like to helm a global franchise and cultural phenomenon. I'm down. I'm in for that, for sure. Uh, the featurettes, those, that's one of the things from TFA that was like, pfft, I thought they were just boring, you know, between five and seven minutes. They were cool, but eh, ultimately I, I want these things to get in depth and, and give me like 15, 20 minutes. I don't know if we're going to get that here. Uh, Andy Circus Live, one night only. <laughs> I'll watch that. For sure. That's a treasure, man. What is that? R- writer, director. Ryan Johnson presents two exclusive sequences from the movie featuring Andy Serkis's riveting raw onset performance before his digital makeover into Snoke. I will definitely watch that. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Five, I think I'll eat. five different watch versions. Everything. Right? Oh, I'm gonna watch everything. But yeah, five different versions. <laughs> it's so silly now. Uh, the multi-screen edition includes Blu-ray and digital copy. The 4K Ultra HD Collector's Edition including 4K, HD, Blu-ray, and digital copy. Uh, And then that splits into Best Buy and Target retailer exclusives. The 4K Ultra HD version, blah, blah, blah. Oh my god, this goes on and on. (laughs) Why so many? And you know what really burns me is that different versions have different bonus material. Yeah, that's kind of crappy. There must be one, like, Master Edition, though, that has them all. Probably the Steelbook, I would think. Maybe. I don't know. I guess if you wait long enough, everything gets onto YouTube anyway. Whether it's on official Star Wars channels or not. Just got to be patient, which sometimes Star Wars fans are not. Um. All right, let's jump into some Han Solo news. Donald Glover. He says that the Solo movie is a lot more fun than other Star Wars movies. Ooh, is that is that a bit of a hot take? I don't know. What do you think, Corey? Not so much. I mean, what does he mean fun like <laughs> in what sense? But well, that's, that's what I mean. Like I think I think a fun summer film can often conjure up images of some really bad movies, like movies that were passed off as as hey, it's a fun popcorn flick. Come leave your brain at the door. And what comes to my mind is like the Batman movies of the 90s and Pirates of the Caribbean. That's what I think of you know, when I think of like fun summer movie, but I, I don't think Han Solo is going to be that, that vacuous, that empty. Like, does, does what Glover said give you relief or concern that there isn't going to be enough meat on the Solo standalone bone? Well, there's definitely going to be enough meat. Like we've said it before, or I've said it before many times, just the amount of the, the time, first of all, that the movie's going to take place in. 
the fact that we know now that we have the Empire, uh, Chewbacca, the Kessel Run, Lando, right there there's so much. Then we add the variable of his mentor, um, Beckett, Kira, the possible love interest, and every, everything in between. There could be a Jabba. We still know uh, possible Jabba. What? Um, maybe Boba Fett, something like that. We don't know, but there's definitely enough going on here. I don't see it. I do see it being a fun thrill ride, but also an emotional one. Like I, I don't see the the scale of things. You can't compare it like to a New Hope or something like that. There's not going to be a Death Star or something. But the significance that doesn't want, really want to take away from the, the significance of what they're going to be doing. But it's not going to be on such a grand scale. So in in those terms, it's it's a bit of a lighter movie, you know. It's not like Rogue One where they're stealing the Death Star plans or something like that. They're, it's a heist movie, you know. And I still think it's going to be very emotional as well. Like I, I think there's a lot, a lot of meat on the bone here. Uh, so much so that they're going to have to trim a lot of it. You think? I would think so, yeah, man. I mean, for everything I just said there, the characters, the possible storylines, the time span, th- there's so much to play with. Yeah, I mean, there there is... But we're expecting all the winks and all the nods to to characters and things in the OT. I, I still hope they play it very cautious with that. And you know, yeah, stuffing I... in every character that Han's ever come into contact with. Put Boba in, put Jabba in, put Greedo in. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. No, I agree with you. But I, I don't know. I, I think a fun summer movie in the galaxy far, far away is... Uh, I think it's a necessary palate cleanser that fandom needs. Like it's- I agree with you. I agree with you, and especially when you think that it's solo. It's Han Solo. It's 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 a character driven story. Like, how else are you going to take this thing? You know. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, it's like fandom has been a kind of a, a nasty place to kind of hang out online in the last couple months since since the Last Jedi came out. Like everywhere you go, like Anthony Daniels' birthday. And it's all like ripping on The Last Jedi or Mark Hamill Walk of Fame. Rip on this. I, I, I even popped into a a thread on the Star Wars Facebook group where they'd put up a bunch of Han Solo Lego posters. And it turned into like a dump fest on, I don't need this movie. Uh, the Last Jedi was crap and Star Wars is dead. Holy smokes, dude. Like, first of all, why are you following the Star Wars page? <laughs> it only comes into your feed if you're following it. So... If it's dead to you, what are you what are you commenting for? Anyway, I, I think all those people that are dumping on it will will be their opening night anyway, regardless of what they say. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's going to be enough there in the movie in terms of meat on the bone. Like all all this is for me is aside from being just a fun movie, like they've got to add some depth to Han and Lando specifically, and I think most importantly, um. And then, like, do some galaxy building. Show us some new worlds. Uh, maybe allude to a, a couple of things that, you know, on the Imperial level, just just things that kind of weave the galaxy together a little bit without being so, uh, to steal a Rob Wade term, ham-fisted. You know what I mean? Like, you just yeah, you, you just don't want it to be such an empty shell of a movie that, um, like, people sit there and accuse it of being a cash grab, which people are going to do anyway. There's going to be, there's always going to be a segment of fans that, well, it's already it's already out there, man. Yeah. It's Han Solo. Why are you doing Han Solo? Right, you're just trying to make a billion dollars. Yeah, corporations look to make money, billions of dollars. <laughs> that's that's what they do. Shocking. 
Um, anyway, yeah, when you, when you, I guess when you start seeing enough of that online, you got to start to consider the source a little bit. And, and there's that old, that's not really that old a saying, but a very relevant one to cons- uh, to don't read the comments. It's usually better just to walk away from the comment section. Anyways, you know, you know what? I think we need a, need a movie that focuses a little more on fun. Like I said, we, we need a palate cleanser, but more fun and adventure in this one as opposed to something that just takes itself so damn seriously. Like we've been, like I think one thing about the OT and a new hope specifically is is it had this like whimsy sense of fun and that has slowly been I to me anyway, it's sort of it's slowly been wrung out of the franchise because we as fans demand that this is treated with the utmost respect and be epic and just blow our minds every step of, of the way. Like it's, it's hard to have that sense of fun, right? I know what you mean. Like just picture Luke and Leia swinging across the, uh, that, uh, that trench, you know, like the music. Yeah. There was just so much, so much of that in the OT. And I, I don't know that really, can you say that's been replicated? I mean, I, we're looking at, uh, looking at all this now through the eyes of people who are much older than when we first saw the movies. So you can, I don't know if we can ever truthfully answer it. But I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like people doing the movies now, of course, they're huge fans and they grew up with the movies as well. But boy, oh boy, like we don't cut these people very much slack. And so... um. I don't know if if they're allowed to have that that whimsy fun that George had with with the OT at least. Well, it's it uh, it's pick and choose now, kind of. You know what I mean? Like we have these standalones, and each one can kind of tackle different genres of cinema and different things. You could, this this film can be a little more funnier and a little more exciting, and uh, like you said, that this adventure. Whereas Rogue One was all those things, but darker and grittier, and uh, you know there were there was this huge plot line with the the death star plans and leia at the end with the hope you know what i mean like it was heavy stuff like this could be the heaviest i could see this going it, it could be a heist but if the heist uh had to do with the slave cargo or something you know what i mean then it becomes a uh like a whole different issue you know it's not like they're just transporting money or drugs or whatever it's, it's actual life you know so mm-hmm. stuff like that it could be just as emotionally satisfying yeah, and I, you know what? I trust Ron Howard to do that. I really do. I'm so happy he got his hands on this, man. Like, especially, you know, knowing that he was supposed to do The Phantom Menace or asked to do The Phantom Menace, anyhow. Did, did, no, George, did George ask him? Mm-hmm. And then he That's said, he said, no, Ron said, no, yeah. you need to do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just, we, I think we just need, as a fandom, to just sort of have fun with this movie. Because we've got a long gap until episode nine, and I th- we we need to kick that that long journey off on the right foot, come May. And let, let's just hope that Ron's done a good job, and that we all leave the theater smiling, and we come back on our podcasts, and we say, "Man, that was fun." And here's what I here's you know here's the things I took away from this movie, and I had a blast. And then we, we, gotta we, we t- can ride that it. through the year. We gotta take it for what it is, really. <laughs> Okay. Oh, with that being said, let's let's just plow right on ahead. Uh, did you you saw this right? Lucasfilm filing for Star Wars Resistance trademark. Oh yeah. 
see my my cynical my my dumb cynical self i did the same snark that a lot of people did well there's there's a patent for a or not a, a trademark request for a mobile game because they've done this before they <laughs> they've they've filed a trademark on something and we all go crazy and then it turns out to be just oh it's this lame little game for your phone who cares so i that's right that's kind of what i did this time but it seems like maybe maybe this could be something else it's a very far and wide reaching um trademark it covers all kinds of things a lot of jargon which i won't really get into but what was your first reaction were you like rubbing your hands together or were you just like yeah okay yeah, I guess mixed, kind of like you in the sense that we've heard this before with different things uh, for like smaller things like mobile games, like you had said. And I guess the first thing that kind of came in my head is even in the article, they kind of said like sometimes they they just snatch up names that are like pertinent to possible future causes just so that no one else gets that that name or can use that that uh, that word like resistance can be associated with Star Wars. So instead of having someone else use that, they'll just snatch the rights up to it or whatever. Uh, but no, I mean, with all the recent speculation that's going on, all the news that we've had recently, uh, it seems like it could be a, a leaked, some actual leaked info. It could be. I mean, a lot of people are, are talking that it's either the next animated series or the next live action series. Where do you fall on this? Where, which do you think it is? Which do you want it to be? We're going to play a little, little fantasy land here. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. If anything, I mean, who knows? It could even be the uh, episode title for, uh, or the title for episode nine, which I highly doubt. But uh, I, I'm looking toward TV as well. So I almost want to say, yeah, I think I'm going to go animated just because from, again, what we've heard is that Lucasfilm was really ramping up their staff. In that regard, in the animation department, mm-hmm. preparing for something new. In a way, it almost kind of seems like it would be uh, a sequel series to Rebels, right? The Rebels and the Resistance. its They're kind of synonymous almost, right? Yeah. Although, I, w- I wonder if you're pigeonholing yourself if you call a show Star Wars Resistance. First of all, it's, it's sort of a, a played concept. I don't know that I would see Filoni... Just redoing the same thing, just in a different timeline. Do you? Yeah, I was. I, uh, I kind of thought the same thing because I mean, the thing that when I thought about it, I was like, okay, if they go that route, they can make it more like a Clone Wars style. That would make more sense. You know what I mean? Where it's different, broader strokes of story with many different characters, which can kind of be cool. Like each episode, you can kind of get this whole new story with this whole new crew and do these story arcs, possibly of like one to four episodes. Uh, but what's cool about Rebels is not only is it like the beginning of all this, this, the, of the rebellion, basically, um, it's that we have these two, we have the last Padawan, Kanan, and Ezra as well, like these force users, and like, they're these variables thrown into the equation that like really make that show super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that's what Dave Filoni has been talking about lately, right? Saying that. Yeah, everybody thinks that because I put Jedi in the show, I have to kill them because Yoda said that the last of the Jedi will you be in. No, I don't have to do that. So yeah, Kanan and Ezra do make things pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but if this was a show, 
Star Wars Resistance. If it was a show, it it's got to be animated, right? Like, you can't have a show about the Resistance. Like, if it's a live action show and you call it Resistance, it has to have Leia, to some degree. You can't have it just not be a, not touch on Leia in in any way, which of course means you're going to recast Leia, and which which we've heard again is is a non-starter. But do you agree or disagree that you? If you're going to do a show about the Resistance, you have to have Leia. You make a good point. Um, I mean, she's the one who kind of started it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, she explicitly started it. It depends. Again, uh, like you said, this seems like pigeonholing. Like if it's a, about a certain crew on a certain mission over a certain period of time. But then again, it seems very similar to... That's Rebels. Exactly. Um, and that's that still ended up bringing in... Mon Mothma, i.e. whoever's in charge, you know what I mean? Like, so even if they wanted to say, well, this is a small group, this is, maybe it's a show centered on Snap Wexley, for example, and he's doing reconnaissance and spying on the First Order in this series, you still have to tie in Leia at some point. You got it. Yeah, I mean, she she was in Rebels, so... <laughs> you can't just conven- con- conveniently leave her out of it. It's It's her thing. Like, it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. But I guess what else is cool with that is that if if you do a show about the Resistance, you don't have to touch on Luke or Han because they're out of the picture, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking it even possibly could take place. We don't know when these movies are coming out or these series, possible series. So uh, could it be the story between eight and nine? Once nine's already out, you know we we don't know how much of a time gap is going to be between those films, right? It could, it could like, and and that would be sort of the the, the Clone Wars thing, right? Filling in a, a big long gap between two movies, and it makes sense. I mean, if they are going to jump ahead, and the more I think about Episode Nine, the more I think a time gap makes some sense. Not a huge one, but nevertheless, there needs to be maybe a couple years. I don't, I don't, I definitely don't agree with. You know the five to ten year argument. I definitely am not on board with that. Uh, but I, you know, one year, two years, I, 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 I can get on board. Um, we kind of suck to do this after the fact, um, because they're not going to release any of this stuff. I don't think before, or maybe they could. Think at season one out before episode nine, you can kind of possibly include something about Leia's death. <sighs> You know, get it out there on that media first so that people are prepared in nine. Wow, that's... Ooh, that would be touchy, man. Address Leia's death in an animated series before the movie comes out? There's two ways to slice that. You can you can do it up in a much more proper way. Because I'm sure in the movie it's going to be glossed over. Right? It's gonna she, If she's not going to be in the movie, it's either going to be in the crawl or off screen and just handled very quickly and... You get these Star Wars typical, uh, we have no time for our sorrows. But at least if, it's, if it's an animated series, maybe you can show the prolonged effects of Leia's death. But it would be, I think it would be out of, out of keeping to release a show like that before Episode Nine came out. And if we've heard nothing. Maybe they're, they're already super deep into it. I don't know. Like, it, it seems like it's, if, if there was something coming before Episode Nine, 
we might we'd probably already know something, no? Not necessarily. I mean, we know Filoni's been working on this for quite some time. He took a step back last year, I believe, from Rebels. Like, he's still been overseeing things, but really kind of handed the reins over a bit so he can continue working on this, his next project. And again, we've also speculated that he might be moving on to live action. But uh, I, I would have to say that both these projects, both the live action and the animated series, they have a good direction as to where they're going. And not only that, I mean, they're, they're ramping up, putting the team together and the staff in place to expand. But I'm sure they have the characters ready, uh, the general outline of the story, where they want to start and where they want the series to finish. So, I mean, they, they know all kinds of stuff, I'm sure. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I just, I, I hope it's not, I really hope it's not. Like, following in the footsteps of Bloodline, here's how Leia further set up the Resistance. I, oh, jeez, I, I would not be pleased at all. Look, Ben can spell <laughs> the calligraphy letter. <laughs> No, I, I don't know. Would you be happy with that if they said this, this is how Leia set up the Resistance pre-TFA? How how old would Hera be at this point? <laughs> I want to see some more continued Hera's adventures. Probably being about the same age as Leia, no? Maybe older, no? Yeah, she'd be older. Yeah, she'd be in her 60s. Well into her 60s, I think. So it's possible she's around. We don't know what the, tw the Twi'lek lifespan is. I've always kind of pegged it same as humans, but who knows? Maybe they live to 200 years. In which case, again, in which case a 68-year-old Hera would be very, still very young. No, or her dad, Cham, looked like he, he aged quite a bit. Yes. Oh, that's, no, Corey, that's the ravages of war. True. Um, yeah, I, I, oh, I would definitely love to see more Hera. I would definitely love to see Hera. In, in any capacity. But it would almost feel like a bit of a waste if you made it old Hera, don't you think? Kind of, yeah. She'd be like the... Ah, well, Leia's like the Mon Mothma now. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of confusing, to be honest. I don't know uh, where they would take this. It... Nope, me neither. But I just hope that it's 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 an interesting concept, and I hope... It, it sounds like it's it's animation. You know, I'm not ready to place any bets on that, but um, but ju just the word resistance, though you'd have to think that we're playing in the current timeline, no? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's got to be in and around the sequel trilogy. It's got to be. But I just don't know where you peg that. It's it, it must be. I hope. I mean, given the options, I hope it's between eight and nine, and not uh, not pre seven. I really hope that. Or, geez, imagine somehow they find some wiggle room with that sort of soft time gap that they put into uh, TFA and TLJ. That's it. That's what I was just going to say. Like, each episode's like, it's just like 24. The like, movie 20, or the show 24, like, mm. every episode's an hour mm -hmm. of the actual time. I suppose that could maybe be interesting. But what would that be about, right? Like we saw the, the entire resistance get get wiped out. Like, what could they possibly do with that? Are we yeah, going to chronicle? I, I, is is <laughs> maybe that's there's there's where you bring in Snap. Here's where he was this whole time. Like, who cares? Yeah, no, that's that's boring. <laughs> so pre TFA, 
No bueno. Don't want it. In the the Last Jedi, The Force Awakens, little time gap. Don't want that. Yeah, between eight and nine. That's that's the only thing that sounds halfway appetizing about that. Yeah, and I mean, they can get different people to voice uh, Oscar Isaac and stuff like that. So, oh yeah, if it's animated, I, sure. We could definitely see the, the the resistance rebellion, the new rebellion. I don't know what it is now after <laughs> after TLJ. It could be either or. Looks like it's going back to rebellion, to be honest. Oh, I, I think so. Yeah, he kind of walked that back. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can I can kind of see those main characters having a possible role in this too, and you know, just really you get the ball rolling. See how they did the. How they got the, the rebellion back on its feet and all that, and they all and Finn grows a mustache and Poe grows a beard. Well, that's, that's kind of interesting what you said though, because it seems like I agree. Ryan Johnson explicitly walked the terminology back to rebellion, right? And this well, maybe the show is going to be hmm. called Resistance again. Well, who says it? It's Luke, right? The rebellion is reborn, right? Because maybe he doesn't know about the resistance at that point, or does he? Maybe he's just kind of like <laughs> assuming it's the rebellion again. <laughs> I don't know. It would seem to ah, uh, it would create some questions. Most of them needless, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. But if it, if it is that show, I really that's that's the time time zone. I hope it plays in. All right. So, uh, what do you say we talk about some more episode nine? I can't wait to talk about this movie more. But it finally has a script. So JJ was with Colbert last week, and he confirmed, uh, after being badgered, what do you got? What, do you, what can you tell me about the show? Well, he said we have a script. And that's good news, Corey. That's very good news. It starts shooting at the end of July of this year. So well, not only... The, like it's, it's good news. Okay, they wrote the script, but it seems like this skip script is approved. Yeah, this this sounds like they have their shooting script. They're good to go. We, well, we remember just after The Last Jedi dropped, right? That J.J. pitched his script to uh, the higher-ups at Disney. So here you go. Here's what we're thinking. Now, did he have to go back and spend the last couple months revising things? Does that suggest tampering? Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. I, okay, so let's... I mean, there's nothing really to talk about. He's got a script. It's shooting in July. Hooray. But let me just ask you, what's what's the one thing you hope is in that script? And you can say, you can say whatever you want. It could be thematically, it could be about a character, it can be about a, a, an action set piece. Just the one thing. Granular, big. I think the the connection between Rey and Kylo and what that can possibly bring to the Force. I want some more Force explanation and balance brought in this film. Like, I... I I know we're going to get an ambiguous ending. It's J.J. Abrams. But I'd like there to be some kind of neat bow put on it. Kind of the same way there was with Jedi. Like, we know either balance was restored or there's this understanding. Like, Ray's reached this new level where we can kind of... I don't know. We just know that there's the future is in good hands. Yeah. I can't, well, I can't argue with that. And that Poe has a beard and Finn has a stash. <laughs> You you want him to channel Lando? Uh, well, no, I just want them. I think it's a good way of aging a character, you know. Oh jeez, a Poe with a beard I can get. 
<laughs> Finn with a mustache? I don't know. I don't know if I'm with you on that one. What about the uh, goatee? Nice and trimmed. Finely trimmed. Like, uh... I guess that's maybe a little better. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, For me, I just... I want Ray to be center stage. That's my That's my thing. I mean, I want... There's all kinds of things I want, but the one, the biggest thing for me is I want Ray to be the titular character. Be, and and think about this: like she was backed off from the climax of the Last Jedi, right? And which I, I don't necessarily see as a big problem, so long as it's not a sign of things to come. You know what I mean? Well, I think some people would argue with you there. I mean, there's two kind of climaxes, I guess. The the throne room scene is quite epic, but I know what you mean, the, the Battle of Crate and all that. Well, yeah, there's there's a whole other sequence. And yes, that that bit with, with Snoke and the Praetorian Guards, in any other Star Wars movie, that would have been the climax. But in this movie it's not. It's it's ends up being Luke and Kylo. And I think I think that's part of it, right? That you had to tie up Luke, otherwise he ends up being at the climax of every movie. So that that's why, in retrospect, I, I never thought Luke would die in this movie, but he's gone. At least protein form is gone. And it makes sense. Otherwise, Luke comes back in 9, and he's he's there again. Stealing stealing the spotlight. But No, I agree with you. Th- think and about Krayt. Luke- like, think about Krayt. Ray shows up in the gunner position on the Falcon... She takes out a bunch of TIE fighters, and it's, that is so cool. I love that scene. And then they fly away in the Falcon, and you don't see her again until she's lifting rocks when the whole thing's over. Like, she's she's kind of backed out of that central conflict between Kylo and Luke for reasons which, you know, are understandable. But I just don't—I just hope that's not a sign of things to come where Kylo is going to be the central character. I think that's it's a really dangerous bait-and-switch that they're playing. And if if I think if they end up making it about Kylo, which they could because this is the Skywalker story, right? Like they are going to incur the wrath of so many. Oh my god, yes, especially at this point. And and you know what? Deservedly so, I will say. And I'm not saying it would be a bad movie. I'll, I will obviously be there opening night and cheering, and I'll, I'll still go see it multiple times and buy it the first time I can. But if they if they flop Ray out of the sort of the the pilot seat of of this franchise of this sequel trilogy I will just I will step aside and I will let people I will not make any excuses for Lucasfilm I don't think Well it's definitely a fine line to walk because it's not only about her it's about both of them and you said it as well the Skywalker trilogy uh, saga you know So yes I agree with you but I definitely want uh I'm not going to say Raylo but I want something between those two of like, uh, what what happened in TLJ to me was kind of like magic. I was like on the edge of my seat watching that, and I've seen it many times, and I'm still like every time those that they they're talking and seeing each other through these force visions. Like, I don't know, that was something super awesome to me. But I'd rather Raylo in the sense of like a platonic thing. Like you, you see right away. I, like I don't think Ben Solo's in love with her or anything like that, but they have a very deep connection. The way they look each other in the eyes really done very well on both actors' parts. I I agree. I mean, they obviously, they're both very talented actors. 
But it's like they almost understand each other because they have this deeper connection. It's like they really understand how one another is feeling and why they are where they are. So they they kind of tend to accept each other. Like that's why she wants to help him so badly, right? Well, she did. Does she still once the movie ends? Like she, you know, it seems like she closed that door. I, yeah, that, the shot of her closing the door in his face, I think, is more than. Um, it's it's really on the nose, right? It's it's sort of right out in, in your face. She slams the door on Kylo. She, like it's it's almost like I'm done with you. Yeah, I tried. And this is a guy. I mean, if you want, you want to go back to TFA, like the way he treated her, and he's, he's like invading her thoughts. Like you, you can almost make like analogies to like assault with that, with, like violating somebody, right? Like just to reach into their mind and yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent agree with you, and and so you know, luckily she was able to turn the tables on him. You know, well, yeah, and then it sends a poor message. I think if if she's like, I forgive you, I'll keep trying to help you. It 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 sends a bad message in my mind. Kind of yes, but again, she kind of understands him more in a deeper deeper level. She does. I mean, they're, they both they're both looking for belonging. They're both looking for a family, right? You'll never be as strong as Darth Vader. Well, but the thing that they differ on is that Ray's like, you have a family. You have people that love you, and yet you still want to murder them. And she, she has nobody. Like, she'll take anybody. <laughs> anybody who wants to kind of show her uh, some open arms, she's in, right? Yeah, for sure, man. She was. I, I'm, I love that she spoke to Kylo about it in this film. Like, why did you do it? Like, he loved you. Like, And you can kind of see, she's basically almost about to say, like, I don't have anyone. Like, look at me. Like, I was dumped off on a planet and I know it in the deep. This, like, I know it in my heart, you know, that these people, for some reason, abandoned me and you had all this love and you are who you are. It's, it's beyond her. Yeah, absolutely. It's beyond her. Like, yet there's still, there's still that connection there. So, I don't know. Obviously, I think Kylo is going to share some more of the spotlight just, you know, by virtue of him being a Skywalker. But I hope that Rey is there at the end of the movie. You know, just like I've said it many times, I hope at the end of this whole thing that she's the one standing victorious over this whole thing. That's that's what that's the one thing I hope is in this script. Oh, for sure. And I think the way she chooses to fight and the way she chooses to win or the way she wins is, is going to be significant as well. It doesn't have to be like, OK, Kyle, I'm going to lop your head off now. Like she could do it on a more with her mind, you know? Well, uh, yeah, how we choose to fight. That's sort of a. That's sort of a thing in Star Wars now, right? It's it's almost as if these guys talk to each other. Like Luke, the way Luke chose to fight was entirely different than what we expected him to do. Nobody expected him to force project himself across the galaxy, right? Oh, that was so cool. Every time I think about that, that scene, man. Yeah, it blows my mind every single time. But Yoda explicitly says those words to Ezra in Rebels. So there's a thing going on at Lucasfilm about how you choose to fight. I think Rose talks about it. We you know, we don't fight by killing what we hate, but saving what we love. That's that, there's that angle to it too. And and realistically too, like people in the galaxy, the kind of the Jedi have become a myth and a legend. So they think they're almost they've almost reached like godlike status through legend. And like Luke just kind of looks at Ray like, and this is almost like to fandom in a way too it's like what did you think was gonna happen like i'm gonna just bring down the entire empire or first order with like my mind and with a laser sword you know like like what did you think <laughs> like be realistic kind of you know like yeah no it's still 
And that's why I always say, like, if, if you let fans write the movie, like, there's probably some very talented fans out there. If you let, but if you let fans write the movie, it would have been just like this really bland pablum. It would have been Luke showing up with his lightsaber and doing cool things, which we all have been like, yay! But ultimately, you know, 30 years from now, we look back and go, eh, okay. What did it really accomplish? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. It would become his story. Well, not only that, but it just would have been like, it would have felt generic. Yeah, that too. Luke showing up with a lightsaber. Like, 99% of us would have had Luke coming back, somehow pulling up his X-Wing out of the out of the drink there on Octo, flying across the galaxy, and, you know, getting down to business with his lightsaber. That's what we would have, that's, that's what I said. And that sucks. <laughs> if Ryan Johnson does what I think he should do, or what I predict, we're getting a, a, a really boring movie. So don't listen to me, is the, is the lesson. Uh, okay, so on the flip side, what's the one thing you hope is not in the script? I think it is kind of said it. I, I definitely, well, I'm really concerned with how they deal with Leia. It's going to be a shame if she's written off in the crawl. I mean, my heart goes out to the writers, uh, everybody, man. Like it's, they got an impossible task in that regard. Cause I mean, it's just going to be, oh, it's going to be so under the microscope, you know, this was supposed to be her movie. So that, that's going to kind of be a big thing and definitely no Raylo, platonic Raylo good, romantic Raylo bad. God, amen. Amen to that. Uh, okay. Let, let me, let me just in, intervene with this. Go like go back. Imagine the year is twenty ten, and you go with uh, with a pal to a fortune teller, and he's looking into your future and goes, "Oh, look at this! I I see writing credits. Oh, you're I I think you're going to write a Star Wars movie in the near future, I, like eight years from now." And you, oh, you're just my. you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Excuse me." Yeah, I see, yeah, you're actually. It's not a fanfic. No, this is the real deal. You're writing Star Wars. Oh, well, I'm seeing something else. Well, what is it? <gasps> you have to deal with the death of Carrie Fisher. Like, not the death of Leia. No, no. <laughs> you have to you have to navigate those waters because the actor dies. Hmm. That is tough, man. Yep. Like, I'm sure you get sleepless nights from that. Of course. That's why you got to really have a good support team around you there, man. Yeah, and that's you get a guy like JJ to, to handle something like that because he's he's got the chops, man, and he's got the pull, and he can. I don't want to say he's got carte blanche, but he's a guy that can get things done and move the needle on a lot of different things. Okay, so you said no Raylo. That's a that's a good one, man. Um, Ky- Kylo's redemption. I don't think I want, especially with Leia out of the picture. I don't want. I don't want to see that. Uh, I do. Really? To a certain to a certain degree, you know what I mean? I don't see him I don't see it ending for him on a good note, but at least some kind of re- realization on his part that what he, he's been such an incredible asshole and that he's sorry for it. Doesn't have to live or, you know, he's probably going to suffer and die, but <laughs> like I, at least I wouldn't in the long mind run. if they sort of blurred the line on that where maybe he sees something being taken away from him. Like let's say there's still a power struggle between him and Hux. And Hux is about to do 
X and Kylo goes, oh, no, 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 no. I'll take care of that. And he, he stops Hux. And it's, it's out of selfishness that he redeems himself. So to the resistance and to us, the viewer, oh, look, he's, he's saved the resistance. But to Ben, Kylo, he's doing it because, no, no, he's not stealing my thunder. At, at least then I, I, I don't know if that's, if that makes things better or worse, but I just don't want Kylo to kind of, oh, I've been a bad boy all this time. And then he just does one thing and suddenly, oh yeah, all's forgiven. Because I, I, that's that still doesn't sit well with me. I guess it Vader. depends where that where they go with this movie. What's the if there's something more pertinent and powerful with the Force and their connection and all that? Like you know, like Ray can kind of ask him, like, "What's your end goal? Like, do you want to see the entire galaxy destroyed or something? You know, like, like wake up, man." Well, and that, but that's just it. Like, Kylo's in charge now. There's there's no one above him that we know about. It's a new age of peace and prosperity throughout the galaxy. So, like, what is Kylo going to... Like, why would he redeem himself? If he has ultimate power in the galaxy and he's the supreme... Uh, supreme ruler? What, are, what do they call him? Supreme, supreme leader. leader. If that's what he is, like, what reason would he have? Like, you you think back to Jedi where where Anakin comes back because he, he was fed up with seeing Palpatine sort of run roughshod over... Him, him, and you know, torturing his son, the last vestige of, of his family. You know, so he, he does something about it. What is there for Kylo to do anything about? Like, if Carrie Fisher were still here, you could almost kind of see it where he would redeem himself through her because maybe Snoke's going to kill Leia and he says that. No, no, no. I, I didn't take the shot in episode eight. You're not doing it. <laughs> You're not taking the shot here, buddy. But I I don't know what he would sacrifice himself for to redeem himself. What if what if the first order kind of gets almost out of his control? Uh, like what if it's they're too maniacal in the sense like they have these this radical faction that's like no like we got to do this and it's gonna end up like killing everything and he's kind of like well no you can't do that per se and they're like yeah, but yes this is the first order you know like like I see like things kind of. Sp- spiraling and snowballing out of control and just getting bigger than what he's actually almost able to to handle and that at a point he's kind of just like what the hell are these like these guys are all just like rats you know like mindless drones kind of you want to see kylo with a beard hmm since you're putting facial hair on everybody you can kind of cover up that scar (laughs) (laughs) uh what about leia force ghost you still want that Yep. Definitely think it's going to happen too, oh, God. bro. No. No. <laughs> Especially the, the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Leia. I really hope we don't get that. Uh, what about the return of Snoke? Possibly in a flashback or something like that. Um, I don't... I hope his character is kind of done in this. I hope it wasn't like a forced projection of himself or something that he's still kicking. No, because... Uh, I had this talk with somebody on Twitter that, oh, maybe, maybe he was doing the same thing. I don't think he is because you see, like, when the lightsaber goes through Snoke and kind of, like, when Ray pulls it to her, you see sparks. And I don't think... Oh, yeah, you see him flopping, too, and everything. Yeah, yeah, there's there's interaction with the environment, whereas when Luke's doing it, the, you know, the, the whole no footprint thing, the no, the no sound... Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, so I know that that's definitely Snoke and he's definitely dead. And I definitely don't want to see him back. I think that would ruin that scene from episode eight. Why do I still call it episode eight? Why not? (laughs) Change it up, bro. Nah. All right. That's it for the news this week, man. That's it for the news. Next, you know what's next? Uh, since we've we've switched, we've had a peaceful transition over to the blog talk radio servers. So now we're we're snugged in nicely there with our our friends over at Talk Star Wars. And I have to really thank Mark uh, for really helping me out and offering me a lot of suggestions and advice as I did the the switch over. And also at, at uh, Blog Talk Radio themselves, they've been helpful. Um, but right now, if things go well, you might you might hear an ad. As we take, as Corey and I head to break, you might hear an ad, and then we'll come back with the one and only ads as we kick off this week's edition of the Binary Sunset. So, bear with us. We'll see what happens. Evening, chaps. Hope everyone is well. My question this week is related to computer games. So, which classic computer game from your childhood? probably um would you like to give a star wars makeover so for example sonic the hedgehog perhaps we have turbus the porg so have a think and come up with some good ones have a great show take care bye there goes the wonderful ads with a really really cool question this week thank you ads it adds in his email to, to us says, I'm actually proud of myself for this one. And I, with good reason. I think that's a really cool question. But Corey, I'm going to kick it over to you first because uh, I'm, I'm, you're going to set the bar here. If we're going to give give some classic video games from our youth a Star Wars twist, like Turbis the Porg is perfect. Ad sent along a little, he put it out there on Twitter too. I hope I hope many people listening right now heard or saw that. It's perfect. Yeah, totally perfect. Turbus is canon. All right, so what? Which which of our games have you sort of uh, bent to, to Star Wars? I'll give you a softy first. How about uh, I think Nintendo would be called Adventure Island, and in Sega it was Wonder Boy. So I'm gonna call this uh, Wonder Ewok or. Adventure Island Ewok or something like that. And it's kind of just like Wicket. Like running around with a hatchet. That's and good. Like chucking hatchets. That's a good one. So I, I, right away I tacked something onto Turbus the Porg. I added a twin-tailed Vulptex. Nice. Like tails. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just put in a little twin-tailed Vulptex to go along with Turbus the Porg in the Sonic the Hedgehog mashup. First, well, just touching back again, as I have to, th- I have to say, this is a really good question. Like, first of all, I, you know, I love these kinds of questions because they're so creative and whatnot. And but they're they're like demanding, you know. It's like at a point you're like, man, I got nothing here. And then at a point, then you kind of say, oh, I got okay, this makes sense. And then you know, the flood like floodgates kind of open. But I wouldn't be surprised if you and I don't double up on a few here, Kyle. Well, let's find out. So I have um, instead of altered beast. I put altered Bendu. Hmm. Kind of Don't like ask that. me how it works. <laughs> I just like the sound of it. Yeah, because the working part of it, yeah, that doesn't work so much. Like Bendu doesn't do anything. He just sits there. 
He doesn't need to do anything. <laughs> just, just turns into a lightning storm. Pretty much. That's that's the ultimate cheat. Punch in the, the, the cheat ha- code and turn into a lightning cloud and end the game. All right, I'm going to throw you another lob here. I'm surprised. Uh, if I would be surprised if you don't have this on your list, having had time to think about it. Okay, well, so we'll take Metroid and convert it into Mando. I did that with Mega Man. Oh, yeah, coming from the so coming from the same place. Well, at least Metro is a bounty hunter. I called him Mando Man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, I think I was trying to Metroid think of something works a little, little better. Uh, yeah, like Metroid is is a bit more of a serious <laughs> thing that probably fits Mandalorian better. Yeah, plus the whole bounty hunter thing. I was trying to think of something with Mega Man because he's like part man, part machine. Um. Well, who in Star Wars is part man, part machine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except that really doesn't Va- work. Vader man. That really does not work. Um, so, so how about R-Type, but you switch out the, the it's like a single fighter plane. I, I, yeah, I thought sure. it'd be like more, more apt to put the Falcon in that spot. I thought you were going to go B-Wing. Nah. I could have, but just like the Falcon lends itself more to modifications, obviously. Like you could, you could, you could have taken advantage of the open, the open mandibles at the front to plug something in. Then, you know, your, your first, your default state is just, you know, with the top guns on and you get a power up and then suddenly you've got the top and bottom gun positions going, then add some more power ups and some better shields. So yeah. Switching the Falcon into our type would be a pretty cool game. I I like that. How about this one? Let's take it back to the four bit generation. Oh jeez, uh, four yeah. bit was that a, that a thing? Yeah, Atari's four bit. Is it? Yep, four eight sixteen. There was never any two bit. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there's some two. There's right, some so... two bit in this podcast, and I tell you that. <laughs> All right. So pong. Instead of pong, <laughs> we're gonna. Co- we're going to call it Gonk. <laughs> and it's just two Gonk droids. <laughs> just hitting it back and forth. <laughs> Can they move? Yeah, very slowly, but it'd be kind of cool. Maybe, you know, same thing. As you level up, the it gets quicker. The Gonks get a little quicker. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I cha- Do you remember Excite Bike? Yeah, that was cool. I love that game. That was the game where you get to build your own course, right? Yeah, and your bike would overheat. Yeah, so I, I just I put in a swoop bike. Pretty cool. I'm all about just flying around speeders and ships and stuff like that. Yeah, I like where you're coming from there. I was trying to think of something to do with F Zero. How that would kind of work in in pod racing and all that, but no. I mean, um, there's classic games like like Space Invaders, right? Where you could have just obviously changed out an X-wing very simply for just like a like a whole lineup of slowly advancing Tie Fighters. Like, but that's that's way too easy to do. Not really. James and I had this conversation. There's there's some gold there to be had. We had this conversation. I can't remember what you're we saying, but just the fact that there's invader, the Vader part, kind of works. <laughs> uh, I guess. I I I, com- I purposely stayed away from all those like super easy games. Well, I, no, that's not entirely true. Like Frogger, you could have changed to like Tauntaun somehow. Yeah, I kind of like that. Or uh, Qbert, you could have put Yoda in there. 
Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> like it's all about the visual imagery, right? Well, now that I've said it, I guess I've, I've officially introduced it to our list, but I, I left them away, like out of my list at first because I was just like, ah, come on, that's that's kind of too easy. But the like the easiest one that from that list, I'm actually gonna carry forward. It's gonna be my 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 last one though. I'm I'm out of juice after this one. I, okay, go for it. I, I think I think I know what it is. All right, what do you think it is? All right. This is a good one, because if you didn't think of this, I'd be very disappointed in you. Okay, so instead of Lara Croft Tomb Raider, it's Dr. Afra Tomb Raider. Except we didn't play that game in our youth, did we? Oh, we played that. I guess some Lara Croft. Yeah, I mean, we kind of played it a bit. I mean, it's still out there, like, mid-90s, maybe? Well, in that vein, then, how about uh, switching out Goldeneye for Goldenrod? <laughs> I like it. He wouldn't get anywhere no. unless R two was with him. Uh, no, finally, I was I was switch switching out Pac Man for a Rathtar. Gee whiz! Like imagine like a top view of the Aravana with a bunch of idiot members of the Guavian Death Gang and the uh, what are they called? Kanja Club running around the, the maze of the Arav- Aravana, and you have Rathtars just going around eating them. I like that a lot, actually. That's a, that's a, that's a winning idea. All right, how about uh, I got I got a few more here. Just I said some good. My good ones were Metroid and Tomb Raider, though. I think. Well, but, so uh, instead of <laughs> way to tell everybody that you're just gonna let them down from here. Well, I think they're they're still pretty good. <laughs> Come on. All right, you you be the judge, Kyle. Instead of Wolfenstein 3D, it's a first person shooter, one of the first ever. We're gonna have Wolf and Rex 3D. Oh no, that 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 was good. That's strong, huh? It's pretty strong. All right. Okay. Here's another strong. They're all strong. Okay. Instead of Ratchet and Clank, we're going to have Jawa and the Droid. Ratchet and Clank, Jawa and the Droid. Yeah, they go around like fixing things. Uh, all right. All right. Oh, that was a letdown. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, right, it's, it's, it's no Wolf and Rex. Okay. How's this one? I'm going to keep the name. This is my last one, actually. It's Doom, isn't it? Keep the I was thinking Doom, Doom with Doom, but I couldn't really come up with thing like anything like because Wolfenstein was my first person shooter. But uh, it's Rampage. We're gonna keep the name Rampage, and it's gonna take place in the streets of Coruscant. It's gonna be the Xylo Beast, San- Sando, and the Rancor. This tearing up the joint. Well, that's not a fair fight, is it? Poor Rancor. Well, we're gonna, you know, <laughs> he grew or something. I was looking. He he he's the best. He's the best monster. I could just see him like, you know, he's he's the Kong of the crew. The Rancor. Yeah. He's not. He's no Godzilla. He's just so slow and dumb. Whatever. He can he can mess some stuff up. Take down a building. No, Rancors can't take down buildings. Stop. They they can't. <laughs> no just... way. Not the buildings on Coruscant. No, but either way, you know, you, you get my point. Kind of just just destroying things. <laughs> Zillow Beast to wreck the whole planet. That monsters destroying things. Rampage. I do like the idea. And I was thinking kind of like, oh, where does Jar Jar fit into this equation? Like, he has to wait, fit in how, somewhere. Wait, how does your Sando, like, function out of water? Ah, he's, uh, he's a big monster. He gets out of the water. That's a, that's a huge leap you're making there, sir. I don't know about that. I don't know if... It, yeah, Sando has legs. He's a sea. He's a, he's a sea beast. So is Godzilla. 
Godzilla sleeps underwater for for millions of years <laughs> or thousands of years. And we're sure Sando has legs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's standing up when he eats that thing. Maybe he's just like resting on his tail. He has a tail too that's going to cause some serious damage in Rampage, the Star Wars mashup video game. <laughs> hmm. All right. Okay, so we said Jar Jar should have had a role. And here's another character just before we close out this one who should have had a role. Let's just give him a role because it's like, man, who could be from Mario? Like, who's the Mario character in all this? And I kind of went with uh, Dexter Jester. <laughs> just because he's got the mustache and he's, he kind of reminds me of a fat plumber. So why couldn't we do Donkey Kong with, but instead it's a Rancor and an Ugnaught running around? That kind of makes sense. <laughs> like who? Who? I think the Rancor makes sense in this in a Donkey Kong scenario, but who? Wampa. Wampa. Oh, Wampa's better. <clears throat> Wampa's better. But who becomes the uh, the Mario or the, the sorry the Jumpman? <laughs> yeah, let's put him Dexter Jaxer. Really? Uh, yeah, Mario, big gut, mustache. <laughs> okay, fine. I guess so. Maybe we should make it Snap Wexley then. <laughs> Poor Snap. Yeah. That <laughs> oh, Snap. I think I just titled my own episode. Hey, he's been getting the, the butt into the stick here. Yeah. And rightfully so. <laughs> I'm friends with J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to replay this for him if if we ever have him on the show. You wish you were friends with J.J. Abrams. All right. Are we done? Uh, yeah, that's about it for me. But that was a good question. I, I love those kind of that things. That is fun. I wish somebody could could do that. Like, just create those games, but f like just switch out the characters. Like, I wish we lived in a and, world and where every video game had a Star Wars slant to it. Or a Star Wars version of that game. And And if anything comes to anyone's mind while listening, like, if you have a slant on it, like... Let us know, man, because, again, like, I kind of rack my brain on this one. Like, Yeah, well, there's going to be a thread in the Facebook group uh, for this episode. So if you have any thoughts on uh, on this question or things we've said in this episode, that's that'll be the place to dump them. So I, I'd love to hear what other ideas people have. All right, ads. Great question, man. Thank you. And let's check in with Bradley, who's got, who's got a true Bradley banter this week. <clears throat> my throat's going, Corey. Too much talking. All right, let's check in with Bradley and see what he's got for us this week. Hey guys, Bradley here with this week's Star Wars questions. But before I get to those, I've got a little bit of banter on The Last Jedi and what really bothers me about this movie. Well, basically it comes down to missed opportunities, I feel. Um, we were told uh, in the press... Uh, Months before, I believe, maybe even further back than that, that in The Last Jedi, we were going to see the biggest, most shocking reveal in Star Wars history. And obviously, we didn't see that. Uh, we didn't see anything that came close to I Am Your Father moment, um, which was disappointing. You know, I felt like uh, I thought we were going to, you know, hear something crazy like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi was Ray's grandfather. You know, some kind of shocking reveal like that, but that didn't happen. So, um, you know, what really bothers me is basically everything that they built on, um, that J.J. Abrams built in The Force Awakens, 
was kind of just put off to the side and um, really wasn't addressed in any way. And I know the argument is, well, yeah, some of those things were addressed, but but when you look at the flashback, uh, the forceback scene, um, we don't learn anything new about that whole sequence that takes place. Um, Other than, I mean, the obvious is, you know, why is she in the rain with the Knights of Ren? Um, Where is that? What is that? Um, Because I don't believe that's the temple scene. Um, You know, we do get flashback of the temple scene. Um, We get some added scenes in The Last Jedi, but we didn't learn anything new there. We already knew in The Force Awakens that Ben was the one who had turned and, and had destroyed and burnt down the temple and... And uh, we just learned basically how how it went down, you know, that he felt like he was trying to be killed by Luke. And, and um, you know, in the flashback scene, we don't know why she's on Bespin. Uh, once again, in the rain with the Knights of Ren or in the forest, other than that's where the saber was at. Um, but we didn't learn in the last show who was in the ship leaving her. Um, if that was her parents or if that's somebody else, that would be cool to know that. Uh, we didn't learn anything new about Snoke, so we don't know where he came from or, um, you know, who he is um, and how he seduced Ben. That would have been really cool to see in The Last Jedi is actually uh, him seducing Ben and turning him towards the dark side. And I think that would have helped... Um, painted Luke in a little bit better light and, and given him the sense that, man, I've, I've got to, you know, distinct, uh, extinguish this fire before it, you know, it burns down the whole thing. No pun intended with the temple, but, you know, it is what it is. So ultimately, you know, those are the, the things that were built in The Force Awakens. Um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get those in nine somehow. Um, you know, about her parents uh, being drunkards, who knows? Um, a lot of people seem to think he's lying. And so, um, you know, I guess we'll find out in nine if that's true or not. In the end, this movie doesn't have me looking forward to episode nine. Um, but, I mean, when it comes around, I'll be excited about it. Don't don't get me wrong. But at the moment, I'm like, you know, there's it's not like at the end of Empire where you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to Han? Um, you know, what's going on there. Uh, and so I, I don't have any of that other than uh, the curiosity of how they're going to end Leia's story, um, you know, how, how they're going to tie that up into a nice, neat bow, um, which is, you know, seems kind of daunting. Um, I mean, I've got this feeling, though, it's just going to be in the crawl and that's going to be it, um, which, you know, that's what it is. You know, there's nothing we can do about it since she's not with us anymore. Um, so there's my uh my real reason why I don't care for the movie. Um well I shouldn't say that. I love the movie. It's just I'm kind of disappointed. I, I guess I, my expectations were real high. And so I should put it that way. I re- I still like the movie. It's it's a fun movie. Um and I still think this could all be good. You know, we'll see what J.J. Abrams does with Episode Nine, and um, I just want to go on the record that I love Star Wars, 
and I'm not really worried about um, this whole thing in the end. I think it'll all it'll all work out and it'll all be fine. So now on to my questions for this week. All right, just for a moment, pretend that there was no Star Wars, but you were still podcasting. What would you be podcasting on? So, James, we already know what you would be doing. You would be doing the the Lord of the Rings, the Tolkien stuff. Um, Kyle, Corey, what would y'all be doing? What would y'all be podcasting on if there was no Star Wars? All right, my second question is, it pertains to George Lucas. If you heard that George Lucas was coming back to direct a... Uh, Star Wars story movie, a spinoff movie, and you could only use two words, all right, and one emoji, what would they be? And for my third question, since it is um, the Olympics going on right now, and I know you guys have got to be uh, huge curling fans, have y'all ever curled before? Have y'all ever done that sport before? Uh, I'm curious to know. I actually am fascinated with that sport. Um, I got lucky one year. I was actually up in Canada, and it was during the Olympics, and they played curling on the TV all the time, and I just fell in love with it, and I think it's the coolest sport. Um, so, yeah. Have y'all ever curled before? So there's my banter. There's my questions. Sorry I went on so long, but I had a lot of things on my chest that I needed to get off. But uh, you boys have a great podcast, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. And there goes our good friend Bradley. Love the Bradley. Love the Mr. W. Hall. Oh, I also have to say thank you to Bradley. Very huge thank you for for his added generosity. He kind of put his his patreon support on steroids this past week so thank you for that bradley very very much appreciated um and yeah so Corey, bradley gave us a whole lot to talk about here and we'll get to his questions at the end but he, he left a bunch of things for us to pick up on about uh, some missed opportunities from his point of view in the last jedi so i thought we could maybe bat that around for a bit before we talk about uh some of the other pointed questions let's start with the i am your father moment i mean Personally, I don't know if I was ever really expecting that, although I did want it. I mean, come on, it was the sequel in this trilogy, it was the empire of this, and we thought I, I thought it was possible, but at the same time, realistically, like, cinematically, that moment is going to be really hard to topple for any franchise. Like, that was just a insane left hook. So, uh... I'm not too, too disappointed there. And I, I feel like they did give us some, some meat to chew on there. I think kind of where they were going is with what happened to Luke and what happened between uh, Kylo and Luke. Well, I, you know, I think some of that, again, goes back to the, you know, the shocking reveals and mystery of the force thing, that whole, the whole synopsis thing that we, the D20, the, I think it was the D23 synopsis from, that we spoke about a few weeks ago. And like how much of a dud, that was in terms of what the movie actually is. I'm just, I'm going to pull it up here. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more in that sense, and Bradley as well, and uh, the the ancient wisdom part. 
uh, we kind of talked about it a couple weeks ago or a month ago or something like that, where we kind of said this is what it could mean, but it, everything was a bit of a stretch. And in that regard, I really was looking forward towards a lot of that knowledge. I mean, we kind of saw background stuff on it, but the fact that they were on Acto, I was super stoked about, like, why the first Jedi Temple? And we absolutely learned nothing about that. And why the fact Luke actually chose to hide there, uh, hide there. Now, he said it's one of the hardest places to find in the galaxy, although it's right middle in the smack dab of things, which is, I know the galaxy's most like a, this huge place that's unfathomable, but in the same regard, it's kind of not a hidden planet. And if it is, why? Like, uh, the fact that he was going there, I thought, man, this, this ancient knowledge, this wisdom. But in the long run, at least we know Ray does have these books. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, well, so here, I, I found the synopsis. This, again, this is from D23 from July 2017. In Lucasfilm Star Wars The Last Jedi, the Skywalker saga continues as the heroes of The Force Awakens join the galactic legends in an epic adventure that unlocks age-old mysteries of the Force and shocking revelations of the past. Now, what we said, the shocking revelations of the past is most likely between Kylo and, and Luke. Age-old mysteries of the Force? nothing at all that we got to understand anyhow. It looks like Ray seemed to understand quite a bit, but, uh, nah, that that's, been... there's n you cannot, I, you can't defend that synopsis to me. No, you can't. The, the, the latter part. Yes. But the first part, no, Even that so like much. shocking. What is it? Let me put, say it again. Shocking revelations Sh of the past. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. That, we're talking about what? Five years sooner? Four years sooner with whatever it was between Luke and Kylo? Yeah, because they're making the difference. This is what we had this conversation. that They're marking the difference between like these generations old mysteries versus these shocking revelations of the past. Like, okay, you can assume that the past is a long, long, long time ago or just, like you said, five years ago. That kind of, that I have no problem with. Yeah, I, I I don't dig that. I, I don't dig it. So anybody who, I mean, we talked about it here. Like we were, I think we were all amped up. You were wondering, like, I guarantee you, you were like, we're going to get our, this is the last, or the, I'm your father moment. You, I guarantee you, you had that, that moment. And I don't blame you based on what they told us there. Yeah, I was getting carried away. And we all did. That was, that's, that's a very leading synopsis there. But realistically, in my heart of hearts, I think that, that I am your father moment, that we can come close to that. I don't think we'll ever have that for any film. No, it's, ever. It's, I don't know if you ever really want to go toe to toe with George Lucas on that one. Like that—that that was a singular moment in cinematic history. Like it's, it's. I think who who knew that? I think it was himself, Lawrence Kasdan, and Mark Hamill. Well, Dave Prowse Tell apparently me. knew, <laughs> which is why like, he's sort of which is why Dave Prowse is persona non grata. That's true, eh? Anyway, we don't need to get into that because I don't know the full story. But yeah, based on that, <clears throat> you can't really hold. You can't blame somebody who's disappointed because they you know, they didn't really give us that moment. They, it really sounded like they were setting us up for that moment, and they did not. Um. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's the one thing. Like my big gripe is the the ancient mysteries thing. I was so stoked about. Acto, oh my god, the first Jedi Temple. Well, and then we thought that 
oh, and whatever they drop here, they're going. Ryan Johnson's going to build on for his trilogy. Yep, true. All that. Yeah, we're, then, we're super stoked about that. Like Luke waiting for Ray to unlock secrets, and yeah, no, that uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. I I can understand the whole Luke thing. What happened with Luke? I'm totally okay with that. Especially how he resolved it all by the end. I think it makes his character so much more significant. Oh, I'm fine with Luke. And I have no problem with what they did with Luke. I think it fits. It's uncomfortable. I, yeah. But it works and it fits. For me. And not only that, like... And for you. Not only does... Yeah, but it also, for like the, the general story, if you want to move the story forward now, we had said this before, like, it's, it's not so much his story anymore, so... Like in the film, he said it as well. It's like, what what are you guys all expecting? You know, like I'm gonna take down the empire with a laser sword. Like, get real. You know, like it's not gonna happen like that. And the so the way he chooses to Ryan Johnson chose to to get him out of this thing was phenomenal to me because it's it's a band aid that had to be taken off, and unfortunately, and I think he he handled it really well with what he had to work with. Absolutely, I I, I couldn't agree more. I think he. To be the guy that to have the responsibility of writing out Luke, the way he did that is it, it's it's amazing, amazing. I'll I'll gripe I'll gripe with uh with Bradley a bit more too. Like even though again, like I'm the same boat as Bradley. Like I I love this film. I, I you know uh, well you can you can tell really hard time Bradley, Bradley's it. a little bit conflicted. Like he he said I'm not super excited about nine. Oh wait, and he goes oh, I shouldn't say that because you know I am I do like the Last Jedi. So he he likes it. But there's obviously some things that leave you left Bradley and left many people feeling sort of very, very cold. He, he actually said the word love. He loved the last Jedi, but yes, again, he, yeah, he he felt the burn a bit from some of the the build up, and I'm kind of with him on some pages too. You know, like don't get me wrong, but just overall, like I have this very strong feeling toward this film for some reason. But uh, let's let's scrape on Snoke a bit as well. I was totally on that same page as Bradley. Like, who is this guy? How did he seduce Kylo? Like, poor Kylo. The kid's rotten from the inside because of this this rotten old fart. And his power was absolutely phenomenal. And not only his power is the the trailers. Everything led you almost to believe that this guy is this ancient dude that is trying to get these two together like the gatekeeper and the key master i kept saying that you know like the the light and the dark get them together and like he sees this beautiful thing that's going to happen so i thought there was that was going to be the the unlocking of these age-old mysteries of the force so just a bit of a missed opportunity there i think we might see him again in a flashback or force back whatever it would have helped to find kylo's character more as well like just give you a little the, the the audience a little more. I know you don't want this Kylo, but sympathy, I guess, toward Kylo. No, don't don't get me wrong. Like I I think Kylo Ben is a he's a complete jerkwad, but I do feel bad for the guy. There's obviously a lot of turmoil within him, but I think he's he's had ample opportunities to come correct and still chooses to be a jerk. But I, I'm I'm fine with what they did with Snoke. I was never of the school of thought that oh this guy is Plagueis or any of those things like I didn't think like when they told us I think Pablo said he's just a guy Plagueis is dead Snoke is just a guy I believed him and there's well, it's not just a guy he's obviously super well, powerful no, no, I mean, obviously, done what he done. I'm not saying he's just he's the regular citizen in the galaxy but he's he's a, a guy unto himself he's not connected to 
or he's not secretly one of these guys that we, you know, the whole Plagueis thing. He's not somebody. I never believed that, but I still wanted answers. I wanted to know, like, this guy's been creeping around since it all's been going on, like having his own master plan, just like Palpatine. Like, I don't know. There was a lot there and like just his end goal as well. Like, is it just, I think we kind of came to the terms and just after having talked about it is his end goal was just get rid of the Jedi. And that's that, like kill this girl and then we'll be able to reign and do whatever we want to live in opulent lifestyle. Like, I don't think there was anything more to it. I would that, agree that kind of... we don't have enough of Snoke's motivations. Like, we know he badly yeah. wants Skywalker killed. Badly. And just why Why he's so powerful, too. Like, his, his powers were pretty intense. They seem to be off the charts. Yep. But I, th- I think... Now, I don't know if this was something that was planned between uh, Johnson and Abrams. Or if Johnson just took it this way. But he just said, like... He made this into like a pretty intimate character movie, character-driven movie at, at this point. And Snoke was reduced, I say reduced, um, he, reduced by half. Uh, no, he was, he's literally, a, <laughs> is that another episode title? What's it, what's yeah. it going to be? Reduced by half. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's literally a stepping stone for Kylo. Because we get the... I think that enough was done in TFA and the first half of The Last Jedi to go, oh man, this guy is really, really powerful. I don't know anything about him, but he's super powerful. And he's just there as that roadblock for Kylo. Now, now Kylo, he's gone to a place that nobody else has gone. Well, anyway, I, I get all that. And that's what I was kind of fully expecting as well, in a way. Or maybe, I won't say, in hindsight, it makes 100% sense, but in the same regard, they still could have given you more of his motivations, who he was, where he came from. But, but they, again, when you, that much, why? What, like, I, think, just, I think that's, you know, as to, we go along to talking to about s- these movies all the time, we always ask why. And so why do you want to know more about, about Snoke? To satisfy that, that curious itch, man. I mean, like, there's this this mystery, this allure behind this guy, right? Like, who the hell is this guy? But it's not important. Like, I, that's what I, I mean. Like, just, well, I, don't get me wrong. I want to know about Snoke. At some point, they're going to do a comic or a novel about Snoke, and I'm going to read it. But in term in in this movie, like it's it's clearly not important who Snoke is and where he comes from. What's important is what he represents to Kylo, because it's well, a, it's a movie about motivations. Kylo. Yeah, but his his motivations should be made clear. And again, how he manipulated Kylo should have became a little more evident. And like, again, I, I like the whole where he came from part. Like, why is he so goddamn powerful? And why is he so decrepit and old? Well, yeah, but we like that because of the the level of dedication that we like in this franchise. You know what I mean? Like, we just want to know every detail about everything and everyone. But it's not important to the movie to know who Snoke is. It it isn't, but I, again, I think his motivations are, or at least you could have given a little backstory. Like, and again, the trailer, all these, the wording behind it all led us down that path that was leading to, like, Luke's on this ancient temple, Snoke's ancient, like, Ray is the light, Kylo's the balance, like, the two of them together, this balance, uh, these, you know, whatever he, he sees is truly beautiful. I was like, oh my god, it's all coming together. I well, I think I think 
all the stuff with Snoke and you know whatever level of fan disappointment is there, I think that is on us as a fandom. Because at no point did Lucasfilm ever hype this guy up or lead us down a, a fake path to really get psyched about this guy only to say, well, he's actually nobody. Well, I think that added to the to the whole conjecture because people are like, oh, they're keeping it all under wraps. It's all this big yeah, secret. But now, but now you can see how they can't win. Oh, of course. You know, if they talk about him, they ruin the movie. If they don't say anything... Then the, well, ooh, they're they're well, look what they're gonna do. They're gonna they're gonna slap us right in the face with this big left hook. And he, they, it turned out they were just being truthful. This guy's not important. Anyway, um, okay, one 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 last thing: the the Knights of Ren. Don't worry about that, Bradley. I honestly think that they're gonna be in nine. No one ever said that that Force Vision was a flashback or flash forward. That's the force goes back and forth, and I, I honestly think that we will get a chance to see them again. Absolutely, and we, yeah, we JJ's did, creation. We did learn a little something new, like we got a little bit more of the fla- of the force back, or whatever vision you want to call that. And we learned through Luke that those Knights of Ren are some of his former students. We can speculate. There was no confirmation, mm, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's not confirmed, but. I'm taking you that can, to the It's bank. safe to assume. And that that could yeah. lead to some really interesting stuff. Like, who, know, who knows how thing. powerful G- these G- guys are? Like, we don't know. Like, Luke was obviously the master of that place, but maybe the the people that Kylo took with them were full-on Jedi. Not only does that not take away from The Last Jedi, it ups the ante for Ryan's story, or uh, JJ's story in Episode Nine, right? Like, like almost like, I said this before, it's kind of like... A lot of people say, oh, you, you took a story and threw it out the window. But no, like he ran with the things that he was given, like the whole Luke thing. Like, What's he going to do with Luke? Where's he going to lead the story forward? You know, like what's Snoke, like you said. So so that too as well, you know. Well, and I think one thing we have to bear in mind as we pick apart this movie is that Ryan was writing this movie before The Force Awakens was even really finished being sh- being shot. Like he he read the script. And then he started writing, and then the TFA went into sh- principal photography, and he was being he was he was allowed to see the footage that was being shot, so he could write the movie that way. But think about that. Think of writing the movie from that perspective, where you haven't seen the final product, and you don't know what the fan reaction to all that stuff is. And again, they've yeah. they've said that you 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 can't write a movie based on what you think the fans are going to want to see because it, it's going to be a crappy movie. Like you have to, it's you have true. to tell the story that you think makes most sense. Yeah, that's a little artistic integrity. Yeah, I mean, just if you're just a storyteller, you got to be able to tell your story. You can't try and tell one story to satisfy millions upon millions of people. <clears throat> um, what else? Did, oh, oh, yeah. So Bradley said he was not quite yet looking forward to nine, other than you know to see how they wrap up Leia. Yeah, definitely. Like wrapping up Leia, Ray, Kylo, super important to this trilogy. And I, I get where Bradley's coming from because there's, like, again, like that old that saying now that somebody forgot to tell Ryan that he was doing the middle part of a trilogy. Like he wrapped up so much that it, it's I I I still nothing new has come out for nine, but I have no clue what threads they're going to pick up on. Well. I think we've, a lot of people speculate where we're going to go with this. 
Um, for me personally, I th- I'm I'm going a long distance route. Like if if the rebellion wants to be reborn and the resistance wants to re- reestablish its roots and its connections throughout the galaxy, it's not going to happen overnight. Like this is going to be a long term thing for them. So, in a way, if you look at it, like maybe Ryan Johnson did JJ a favor in the sense that you know I bought you a whole bunch of time. Like you you can have a year, two years, ten years if you want. Like you can age these characters ten years, no problem. Uh, you could, and yeah, you absolutely you could, and that provides you your out with Leia. Like it's been ten years. She died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Again, that would that would incur wrath. I think whatever they do is going to incur wrath. But just to say, eh, it's ten years later, and she died peacefully at, at the retirement home. <laughs> She fell sick. Get your know. Kevlar you vest see, on. Do you need to see Leia sick and dying? You know, I, I don't. I again, I don't. We'll, I'm sure we'll come back to this this year, but boy, that that's going to be a touchy one. Um, yeah, but like, I I don't know where where JJ picks up. Okay, this boils down to resistance versus the First Order. That's all we know. <laughs> Ray versus Kylo. That's it. I mean, who knows where this goes? And like you said, it could be a blessing because JJ can write anything. Like he could, he was free to go anywhere. But by the same token, you know, we're we're not going to get that super supercharged battle between Luke and Snoke. That's that's uh, you know totally off the table. So I, I get Bradley from that perspective that. There's not much to cling to at this point, other than it's another Star Wars movie. <clears throat> All right, so you want to you move into his actual questions? Do it. All right, so in a world without Star Wars, in a world without Star Wars, uh, what would you be podcasting about, Corey? Uh, maybe Lord of the Rings along with James, you know? I, maybe I would have delved way deeper down that rabbit hole. Uh, most likely though, when I ever, I've thought about this question. Well, I hope so. It would, it's probably be something kind of like what the boys at Generation X-Wing are doing and the Nerd Room, where just retro stuff, kind of like a Sith Disturber theme maybe. But if I want to get really specific, I think, it, you know, this is, this isn't even necessarily out of the question. Maybe one day in my life I'll do it, but, uh. It's been done probably over and over and over again, but uh, a movie pod, like just either you run a poll with uh, the people that are following you, what do you want to hear about? Or if it's like a dynamic duo, like, you know, uh, you do, a, you choose a film one week, I'll choose one one week and, you know, just talk about the movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any of those podcasts out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots. Says the but, guy who's you know. doing a Star Wars podcast. Um, yeah, no. hey, look, I think anybody and everybody should at least give it a, give it a shot. Give podcasting a shot. Um, what would else, what else would I be doing? Like in my mind, I still am going to do all these things. I don't know how or when. Uh, but I I would definitely be doing a at least one sports podcast. I don't know if it would be like I. Obviously, I could easily do like a hockey-focused one, and I could do that, you know, year-round. 
<clears throat> taking a little bit of a break in the summer summer months. Um, I, I, sports in general, where I talk hockey, baseball, football, and depending on who else I do it with, throw in some other sports too. Um, like a, a sci-fi, like sort of an off the beaten path type podcast of sci-fi shows, things like The Expanse or Altered Carbon, things like that would get covered. Even your Westworld, Corey. Even no, that deserves a pod on, on its own. Well, like, like I would almost like tackle that in like a, a seasons type thing, like this season on my, that podcast, and we're going to talk about the expanse. Like, I, I don't think I would jump around and say, "Oh, now we're doing this week. I'm doing the expanse. Next week, I'm doing this show, and week after, I'm doing that show." Like, I think I would attack it all sequentially. I kind of like that. And um, I, I, I would want to do like a, a comic podcast, but it, I wouldn't be doing like the superhero stuff. There are people in our network that do that much better than me. Uh, I would be doing like indie stuff, like East of West. I'd be doing a podcast on that uh, saga. So a whole bunch of like lesser known titles. Those are pretty well, well known. I, well, now. Yeah, but compared to Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, they're not nearly in the same ballpark. So I would I would do that kind of podcast, and uh, I've got I mean I even have other ideas. And like, again, in my mind, at some point I'm going to do it. But uh, I'm already saturated with just Star Wars stuff. So I don't know. Maybe those podcasts will never, ever see the light of day, which will be sad. But what are you going to do? Uh, what else did, did I? And I, I wonder what James would do. James, I, I think James could do a. Killer gardening podcast. Golf. Yeah, James could join me on, on my sports pod. But yeah, a gardening podcast would be pretty interesting. <clears throat> that, that I'd like to be on. Yeah, to tackle a different aspect of gardening every week. Even if it's like 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be two hours. Even cooking. I'm sure, there are, I'm sure there's a bazillion cooking podcasts. I love cooking, man. Um, all right. Next from Bradley. If Lucas was coming back to direct a standalone and you could only use two words and one emoji to <laughs> to describe uh, your reaction. What do you got, Corey? All right. I'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you like this, Kyle. You tell me. I'm going to describe it to you in three emojis and you tell me what the first two words are and the last. <laughs> so the emojis will be a cross, a piece of poo, <laughs> And two balls. <laughs> um, the cross, holy spit, something like something that. Like that. Um, yeah. What was your second one? The piece of poo. Yeah. Well, oh, dude. Yeah, you totally screwed up. I, I thought you were just trying to screw with no. me there. Okay, just so the first one. Get this over. Cross. <laughs> okay, holy. Shit, balls. Oh, so you you use three emojis? <laughs> no, the first like, the first time I asked you, I said three emojis. You tell me what the first two, but you know, first two words, holy shit, and then followed along by two a baseball and a basketball. Uh-huh, got it. All right. So mine would just be take a little quagmire, giggity, oh rat. And I'd have sort of like the uh, the the smiley face emoji with the hard eyes, because I would love seriously I would love to have Lucas back. 
Gotta have the, the buck tooth guy with the glasses. There's a buck tooth guy with glasses emoji? Yeah. Hmm. I'm not a, I'm not an emoji guy. Like I rarely use them in my texts. I'm not a text guy. Yeah. I don't like text. I love GIFs. I can have a whole conversation using GIFs. That's how most conversations go in 2018, using GIFs. But I love that. I, man. No, I'm not a I'm not a text guy. Don't text me. Um, and finally, and this is where it's a shame that James isn't with us. But uh, curling, James is a huge curling guy. Bradley, huge. Like I have I have no attachment to curling. Like sometimes I'll watch it on TV, and I'm it's kind of a, a curiosity to me. But I've never tried it, and I've never really had the urge to. What about you, Corey? Uh, actually, you know what? As as a, as a child, I absolutely hated curling. It was just one of those things that would end up on TV every now and again if my grandfather was over or something. Because it's one of those like uh, it's a like Canadian golf in a way. It just puts you right to sleep. Well, it's the thing. It's the thing to put on on a Sunday during the winter. You sit in your easy chair with a mug of awful beer and pass, and pass out. out. But uh, no, uh, as I've grown older, I totally appreciate the game so much more. And I have played actually twice. Uh, it's been a good many years, but uh, they're not they're not as freaking as you'd think. You know, living in Canada and all that. Like, there's actually like these curling arenas. It's not like I guess you could convert a hockey arena into a curling facility as well. But uh, usually, when you go curling, it's a curling facility. Yeah, of course. So for the most part, they're they're kind of few and far between. But it is, uh, it's quite daunting, actually. You you know, you see it on TV and you're like, man, I can do that. It's kind of like, what, a mixture of, uh, I don't know, golf, pool, <laughs> all kinds of different little weird things. But when you actually get out there, you're like, like it's, it's, the first thing I thought. What I've heard got, is it's, it's really challenging. Like every aspect of the of that sport is challenging. Yeah, it's, 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 anyway. Just the the scale of it all. When I actually got out there, I was like, "Holy cow!" Like they're throwing these rocks this far, like these stones, man. Like I was a little like, "Man, like this this is not what I thought. I thought it'd be a much closer." No, it's I've heard it's it's really really challenging. Maybe I I kind of I guess I suppose I would like to try it one day, but I, you know it's it's not something I'm just dying to do. But anyway, we, we didn't do, I mean, it is a global sport. We, di- we didn't do very well at all in curling at the Olympics this year. I don't think, I don't think our men or women won. Although uh, there was mixed, I think there was mixed curling, which we did win and medal in. Anyway, there you go, Bradley. I'm sure uh, like James would have had, you could t- talk to James about curling all day. And <laughs> I know James would love to talk curling with anybody. Maybe James would do a curling podcast. i cannot imagine there are many curling podcasts that's true men with brooms oh man there you go james there's a there's a money idea for you all right bradley thank you sir great 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 bradley banter this week all right let's check in with matthew salvatore who's got a great question for us this week. Hey, how's it going, Tumbling Saber? It's Matt Salvatore here, and this week's question is, what is your favorite moment in the prequel trilogy? What's your favorite moment in the original trilogy? And what's your favorite moment in the, I guess, the Disney trilogy or the sequel trilogy? 
you can stick Rogue One in there so we can make it a trilogy. So what's your favorite moment um, out of those? And so I'll give you mine. Um, for the prequel trilogy, my favorite moment has to be when Anakin and Obi-Wan are saying goodbye right before Obi-Wan gets on the ship to go uh, kill General Grievous. I find that moment really touching it because it shows the history that these two had and the really the tragedy that the next time they meet they're going to try to kill each other i just that moment is just just so special uh the original trilogy would um have to be when uh the emperor is force lightning luke and luke's calling for help and that moment vader he gives he gives luke a look and then he looks over and he sees the emperor and just that moment it's probably my favorite in all of the original trilogy, because at that moment, you know, Anakin's back. So, um, definitely love that moment. Um, for the sequel trilogy, would actually have to go to The Last Jedi. I think my favorite moment out of there would have to be Luke's interaction with R2. Just that moment when R2 plays that message for him, and Luke, uh, just that whole that whole conversation just brings you brings you right back to a new hope. Um, so uh, that would be my uh, favorites from each trilogy. Would love to hear you guys's. And if uh, James is on the podcast, I just have to say the Green Door Pod is such an amazing podcast. It really just opens you up to Tolkien's world, and I love every episode. So if anybody hasn't checked the out the green door podcast i recommend it highly i must have had a big grin on my face every episode anyway um thank you guys for the questions um may the force be with you guys bye all right matthew thank you so much for chiming in of course this is again this is like a classic uh conversation in in a pub type question your favorite favorite moment from star wars and so Matthew wants us to outline our favorite moments in each of the trilogies. My, I'll, I'll kick this off because for the prequels, we'll, I guess we'll start with the prequels. Like Matthews is awfully close to my the top of my list. Like just knowing that moment where Obi Wan and Anakin like say goodbye to each other, and the next time they meet, they're going to be enemies. Like that, 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 that kind of gets me. It does. It it really gets to me that moment. But otherwise, I'm going to go with uh, Palpatine versus Windu and uh, Anakin's subsequent fall to the dark side. Like, I, I just find that scene so dramatic. I, I couldn't – I can't not disagree with both of you. Like, honestly, uh, I, I was racking my brain on this question and I thought of what you had just said, Kyle. It's so true because you know Anakin's turning and if Palpatine is right there – and you pretty much realize the first time you're seeing this in theater that this is the moment, but you're like, don't do it, Anakin, still, you know? Yeah. Like, like I even, I watched it not too long ago, and I was like, oh, man, like, don't do it. You're so close. Like, you got him. Yeah, the war is over. But, if, <laughs> if you just let Windu take this guy out, like, imagine if Anakin got... It's not the Jedi way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the war could have been over right then and there. Yep. Yep, it would have been uh, much different. But even what Matthew said as well, that that's a, that's something that's in hindsight as well, in the sense that, you know, it's foreboding. 
one can assume watching it for the first time in theater that that's the last time they're going to see each other. But, you know, it's one of those things in hindsight when you watch it, like, this is it. Yeah. It's goodbye, old friend, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's that. It's it's good boy, goodbye, old friend. And that's another thing that Star Wars is becoming kind of famous at, is goodbyes. It's just it's one of these things now where guys walk away and they're not explicitly saying goodbye, but they are because you know that you're not going to see them again. Um, I don't know. Prequel for me is really hard. Uh, moments are a bit different than scenes, but uh, I'll kind of chalk it up to that Qui Gon's death almost because there was so much build up to the Phantom Menace and. Kyle and I, like fever pitch for for us anyhow like leading up to this thing like we were teenagers I think actually Kyle was 21 at this point I was 18 when it came out just our teenage youth leading up to it like this culmination of events the pod race too is another big one but a moment within the pod race meh but uh just this this the duel of the fates and say Obi-Wan being locked behind that laser grid or whatever that shielding and watching Qui-Gon die like that that's a pretty big moment yeah that's a good one too uh okay let's move into the original trilogy what do you got uh I'm gonna get such flack for this one but I I can't agree with I can't disagree with again with uh with Matthew in the sense that the that Vader moment is even as a child watching that movie you're like he's gonna do it like he's turning yeah like Vader Anakin he's back but uh, I kind of went with the I love you moment. I love you, I know. Between, yeah, I love you, I know, just because it's, it's such a change for Han, and it's such, it's like 180 for Han, and it's 180 for Leia. You know what I mean? I see the 180 from Leia, for her to finally spill it. From Han, he's just like, yeah, I know. That part's the cool part that's going to keep her wanting more. But uh, no, just the fact that he's, you know, Chewie's knocking stormtroopers left and right. And he's like, be cool, bro. Like, even though he knows there's nothing that he can do, I think a younger, more brash, brash Han would have done something stupid and got them all killed. Whereas in this instant, it's the, almost one of the first times you see Han do something, uh, not sure, but he's thought things through. He's not taking a big risk. He's like, hey, like. Let's play our cards right. Like, we're done. Like, instead of doing something crazy stupid and getting them all killed again, like, I, uh, I don't know. I just love the fact that he, you see Han Solo is kind of resigned to the fact that he's lost, which never happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I want to, I want to say the entire duel on Bespin between Luke and Vader. I don't know if that, is that loopholing it? Is that breaking the spirit of the question? Mm, I'll say no, just because of my answer for the next one. <laughs> all right so yeah just the entire every 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 part of luke and vader on bespin is just my favorite bit of star wars and then you know given that also that it's being sort of cut with the escape like leia chewie and lando escaping that is probably my favorite 20 minutes of star wars right there yeah it's like a whole act <laughs> moment yeah no i know that that but yeah, no, I'm just li- limiting it to, I can't, to Luke I, and to, Vader. But yeah. loophole away, bro. I love it. And also, also the end on the frigate at the end of, of Empire. True. The the arm around the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Just just, like, just the whole re- unknown of what of what they're facing. 
Yeah, that's a beautiful shot. Yeah, it's fantastic. The droids. What about Yubnub, too? It's got to be Yubnub, Matthew. This might be a bit before the time, but uh, <laughs> that whole scene, I love it, man. He sees the Force Ghosts, turns around, Leia. Looking back, everyone's just partying. Like, we did it. Like, Lando's super stoked. Everybody's happy. Akbar's even dancing. You know, yep. it's a party when Akbar's getting down. <laughs> he, he, he may not want to get too close to the fire. If people start kissing. Ooh. Ad- Admiral. Yeah, Admiral. Told like him once, no. the, once, once the Ewoks get a, get a whiff of Akbar near a fire, game over, man. Yeah, smoke calamari. Beautiful. Um, okay, and then your favorite moment from the sequel trilogy so far. So tough, man. So tough, but out of all the moments I've chose, th- this is kind of interesting. I have four moments written down here. I don't know what this says kind of about that trilogy. The four moments, and all four of them include Luke. Like Leia, Leia Luke, Yoda Luke, R2 Luke, Kylo Luke. So if Kyle loopholed the last one and taking that whole act, I'm going to do the Luke coming back on crate. Incredible. Like the shadow, him there, talking to Leia, giving her the kiss, the conversation they have, seeing 3PO, winking at him, then meeting Kylo head on. That whole confrontation. Incredibly epic. Oh, gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, those those are all tremendous moments i was able to kind of keep myself on track with this one and actually just choose a singular moment and i i think i'm still gonna go with ray getting the lightsaber in tfa like calling it to her it's just that's a good one. Oh, that one that one's awesome uh i'm even gonna honorable mention the the holdo maneuver and when the falcon shows up on crate so, you know, you, like, okay. It's a really interesting shot, too. Like, you see, like, a couple TIE fighters explode, and then you see the shadow of the Falcon pass on the ground. I lo- that moment is super cool. And it's, it's a shot of Rey laying waste to, all, to the TIE fighters with a big smile on her face. Like, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the Star Wars fun that, you know, I was talking about, like, a, almost, like, two hours ago. Like, that whimsy sense of fun. Like, that puts a, that put a smile on my face, like the music in the background, and Chewie's flying the Falcon around, and Kylo's freaking out, and Ray is blasting Tie Fighters out of the out of the sky with a smile on her face. I love that. That that was pure Star Wars for me. Gotcha. And then now we can look forward to adding a bunch of moments from Episode Nine. I hope. All right, there you go, Matthew. Thank you very much for the question this week. Let's let's check in with the Metal Mando. Hey guys, what's up? Jeff here again from sunny Fort Myers, Florida. Just watched the last couple episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Totally blew me away. Just amazing stuff. Can't wait to see what happens in the next couple weeks as far as that goes. Um, I did notice that on your last episode, you guys are pretty toy-centric as far as um, all the different figures and lines that were coming out with the Toy Fair um, from New York picks online. And it got me thinking how many different lines there were to collect now and um especially um well i'm gonna take it back to a metal mando memory back to the the 90s and uh through the prequel era how many different toy lines there were to collect besides the three and three quarters action figures and um i'm gonna give you a quick uh rundown of my 
top five. You guys can maybe chime in, chime in on some of what were your favorites might have been back then. Which really interests me what your guys' choices might be. Uh, besides the you know the regular basic line, my number one, no doubt, is uh, the Galoob Action Fleet vehicle line. If you guys remember these, they were kind of uh, in between the little micro machines and then the actual three and three quarters size. Just amazing detail on these things. Uh, and they had every vehicle you can imagine. I mean, every single one. And I remember going to KB Toys one time. Ugh, and they, I can't remember exactly when it was. They were having a blowout sale on these things after I started collecting the figures. And I got about 20 to 25 of these things for under five dollars i can't remember it was no more than five dollars or less and i just loaded up because these things just blew me away just great display pieces you know i took those right out of the boxes right when i got them home i remember at one point i got all the even the pod racers from phantom menace which was really cool um and uh the next one that really sticks out to me really oddball one was a star tours droids line that maybe come out in around 2002 bunch of droids you never seen in the movies but i i guess we're part of star tours i i've never actually been on star tours but that line for some reason really caught my attention so i collected all those collected that one and um, a really cool one was the unleashed line not really action figures but more of a um i don't know almost a, like a statuesque kind of uh figure you couldn't really play with it but they're really cool still had the action figure look to them um, I remember they had some really neat uh, names to them. Uh, like I had the uh, Darth Maul Fury, they called it. The Anakin Skywalker Rage. Darth Tyrannus Dissension. Darth Vader Power. And uh, one of my favorites, um, of course, uh, Princess Leia Sultry, which was uh, one of the best sculpts of the Slave Leia um, I think that's ever been put out there. And then the next uh, one, which... A lot of people might not remember is the titanium diecast figures came in really cool packaging and they came in these um kind of plastic cylinder uh packaging around the figure and uh they had uh, the regular colored figures and they had the titanium silver variants so they had you know of course you had to buy two of each if you want to complete that set which i did and uh, remember ig88 was my favorite probably because He's a very cool figure, and he was the hardest to get, of course. And um, <laughs> another one, which was kind of silly, um, was uh, just one of my favorites for some reason. Um, 1997 and, and on, when they re-released the special editions, Taco Bell had those little, those little weird, uh, you know, plastic toys, uh, just just crazy stuff, you know, like a like a spinning. That's been uh, Cloud City and uh, some holographic stuff and uh, like a wind-up Millennium Falcon, I think it was. I'm not sure. Just I don't have the pictures in front of you, but it's kind of... For some reason, I just wanted those so bad. And I remember bugging the guys at uh, Taco Bell saying, Hey, I heard you guys have uh, like the second and third series back there already. Can I like buy an extra um, kids meal and maybe you can throw in the new ones for me? You know, and they... I thought I was crazy, but, you know, I, I hunted them down, went to a, to, to a few Taco Bells, you know, laid, laid some laid some uh, charm on them and got what I needed and uh, thought it was great at the time, but now you can get them for next to nothing. But, hey, at the time, it was a great, just a great memory. So uh, what, what um, 
my question to you guys this week is what toy lines besides the regular three and three force action figures are your favorites that you collected uh, from 90s through the prequel era that just mean a lot to you or stuck with you or whatever and um with that this is the mendel mando and i am out of here guys see you later till next time and there goes the metal mando jeff thanks man i hope you're doing all right down in sunny florida all right Corey. so you and i collected a lot of the three and three quarter stuff from the 90s to prequel era and that, i mean frankly that kind of constitutes most of the stuff the vast majority of the stuff we collected um but did you did you sneak anything else in was there any other secret love that you had in the collecting world after having thought about the question, like I'm like, wow, like it's true in a sense that once we're of that age and we, we had all the Star Wars news, it's like all funds were diverted from other things. Like we were card collectors, which ceased. We were comic collectors, which again, for the most part, ceased for a bit. Well, the two industries uh, that that completely imploded. <laughs> I wonder yep. if you, you, I wonder like, if somebody could actually make the connection. Between the like the rise of Star Wars and like the almost complete and total implosion of the comic book industry and the trading card industry, mm, I don't think it, that's there could be a bit of a correlation there, but for the most part, I think uh, cards. It's hard to just it's hard to ascertain as to why, but comics uh, they just they weren't evolving, kind of. And also, like the but best that, creators, all jumped over to Image, right? Like Jim Lee and uh, what's his face, Spawn guy, Todd yeah. McFarlane. Like all the all the best artists at Marvel left, like at almost at the same time. And that that was a huge thing. Like man, people were like Image is going to be the bomb. Like oh, I'll never forget that. But I guess for the most part, of collecting wise, I mean, again, we were collecting comics, but it kind of waned. In my later teenage years, like I think I got back into collecting again when uh, Age of Apocalypse came around in comics. So, but I do for toy wise, if it wasn't Star Wars and it wasn't uh, like anything related to that, it would be for the most part. I mean, we we're at a GI Joe and Transformers at that that age, so it would be anything related to the Marvel universe for the most part, like either. X-Men toys or for the most part Spider-Man. Like what I think it's not like any I, Star Wars stuff that you collected aside from the 3 and 3 quarters? I I think that's what Jeff is asking. Oh, Star Wars, no. Not at all. I mean, we 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 had books. We were really big on the books. Like we had so many of them back in the day. And other than that, Star Wars there I don't know how much really there else what else was there to collect really back then? I mean, we could have went back, but it's not like we really had the internet to shop or uh, the money to shop either at that 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 age. Well, like I I don't I can't say I have like extensive collections of other stuff, but like the the I think Jeff talked touched on it, but like the action fleet toys, like the little they're, they're almost like you know they came with like figures that were like maybe three quarters of an inch tall. But the ships themselves were like maybe six inches or so. I can't remember who made these. Were these was this Kenner or Galoob or who, who made these? I don't know. But they were like pretty detailed we, little little ships. We had a few of those. The micro machines as well. 
I still have my uh, R2 micro machine. I think actually, I think it was oh, actually nice. micro machines that were doing these. Yeah, it was. I'm googling it here. We have micro machines action fleet. We have a. Oh, I remember you had Hoth or something, eh? Ah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Maybe I had, I had Hoth. Yeah, I had Hoth. You had an R2. But yeah, no, just just the vehicles that stood on a little stand. Like I've got Slave One and an A Wing and a Y Wing. We had a couple others too. So, I mean, that's that's one tiny little thing. Um, Unleashed, the Unleashed figures um, Jeff mentioned. I've got f- four of those. I have Obi One. I've got a Saj Ventress. I've got a Slave Leia and a Chewie. But those were not always easy to come by. Uh, so that that was another thing that I, I loved. But that was they were almost like the Black Series of the day because they were like, they were like thirty bucks a pop then. And that was in like. Yeah, and they're nice. They're super, super nice. nice. Not posable, really. But, um, yeah, they were super detailed, really, really, really realistic. I love your Asajj. <laughs> Might be my favorite one, actually. You know, they're all great. Um, but I think, for the most part, our, our collecting was sporadic. Like, we pretty much just kind of picked up anything we can kind of find, in a way, you know? Well, I mean... Like, pillowcases like or teddy really bears, really focused whatever. on the three and three-quarter stuff. And then anything outside of that was like, like you said, like, Oh, here it is. You would just pick something up while you were out. But do you remember the the summer of the Phantom Menace? Like the fast food toys that were available at Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC, Subway. No, not isn't it the Subway? No. The cups? That was no. That was um, that was for the Force Awakens. I thought you had some kind of cups from back in the day as well. I think those were from the movie theater. I don't know. I I might have to dig those up. But yeah, like the, the the stupid little plastic toys. They were really cheap. They were really ugly. But they came in like this this like cube cardboard box. And the back side of them all formed an image, I think from the Battle of Naboo. And like every week a different toy would come out at a different chain. And I had a blast that summer. An absolute blast driving around to each of those chains trying to pick up everything. But then, of course, we, <clears throat> sorry, we we didn't have Taco Bell, and so like I had to go way out of my way to get all the toys. Like I had to order a couple on eBay, or I'd take a couple long drives either to Ottawa or just across, just over the border into New York, and get the get the Taco Bell toy there. But I had so much fun chasing those things down, and now they're like they're <laughs> they're just like the most useless things I have in my collection. They're probably worth millions. <laughs> <laughs> funny guy uh, and then sort of like tangent tangentially related to that uh the phantom menace soda cans yeah i was just gonna say that you still have those i st- i still remember those stacked up in kyle's room like all of them i was like really yep what a loser <laughs> i had all of those you know what's funny about those is that the acid in the soda if you keep the cans long enough it eats tiny little holes through the can so i had these piled like lined up high above my window and i was like it was so that was that was on the, along the wall that was <laughs> where my bed was and so i wake up one morning and i feel like this light mist on my head i'm like, <laughs> I'm like what is what is this what is going on i couldn't figure it out i thought maybe it was raining outside and the screen window was just like diffusing the rain but my window yeah i got rid of my waterbed like six years ago I, that's what i was worried about because i was in my waterbed I'm like, is my waterbed just kind of like leaking and spraying up and it's just hitting me in the face? What is going on? But it was it was just like the finest mist you can imagine. 
And then eventually I figured it out. I'm like, oh my god, it's, it's it was almost like in unison because I bought them all at roughly the same time. So it was like it was Seven uh, Up and Pepsi and Mountain Dew, and they all just sort of sprouting holes at pretty much the same time, and they were all just misting onto my face as I slept. Did you keep them after that, or did you? Oh yeah, uh, at that point, I, I, you know, there's nothing left to do. You just, I, I pop the top on them and drain them and rinse them, and I still have them. They get a little more dinged up every time I take them out of the box. So I don't know. I wonder if what would happen now if I tried to return them for five cents. <laughs> uh, but interestingly, I have, I have a, a Japanese Pepsi can with Kenny Baker on it, or sorry, R2 on it, but signed by Kenny Baker. Which is pretty cool. How did you get that? Uh, the the Star Wars con that passed through Montreal. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Those those are some uh, things I collected. I, I also I used to love collecting like offbeat vintage stuff during that nineties like hot and heavy period with Star Wars. So I, I have a, I still have like in a in a sealed bag a vintage Jedi pencil case. And I have like a package of six different erasers and a pencil from the uh, from Return of the Jedi. Did I say the Last Jedi before? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, and people like people used to like give me their old Star Wars stuff. Like so, I have a, an old vintage puzzle, like uh, a couple board games I have of Star Wars, like old Star Wars board games, which are super cool to have. Um. Yeah. I used to love getting my hands on that kind of stuff. I I can't say we really went well. Me personally, like Kyle went crazy at one point, but uh, I always had my eye open and was willing to spend money if I had find found something. But never super actively like being like I'm going on the hunt for Star Wars collectibles today, you know. But along my travels, if I ever saw anything or was able to manipulate someone and give me into giving me their old toys. Yeah, pretty much. Well, at, at a certain point, like I was, people just knew me so much as a huge Star Wars fan. Now that Star Wars was back in the public spotlight, that they were just like bringing stuff to me, like here, here, man, take this. And I was like, oh, wow, like why would you give this to me? You're so stupid. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> there you go, Metal Mando. I hope I hope that uh, scratched the itch. I'm looking forward to your your input next week. And uh, Jedi Fish, Jeffrey Fishback from the Canto Cast, had a question for us this week. Uh, it was a, it was about fanboys. We all know the fanboy, the movie fanboys. But uh, I think what we're going to do is take that and spin that into an episode of saber rattling, which I've not put out in a while. So I, I, yeah, I want to do something special with that because it's it's a it's a really funny movie. And uh, yeah, I just I, I want to do something a little bit more special with that so somewhere down the line here we'll uh, we'll get we'll get uh jeff on the line and we'll 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 break down fanboys and we'll talk about our favorite bits our favorite characters and uh, that, that'll be i think that'll be a lot of fun and uh that's it Corey. that brings us to the end you ready you ready for bed you'll nervous for your new job tomorrow dodo <laughs> all right everybody uh thank you so much for listening to episode 115 of the tumbling saver podcast uh my thanks to ads bradley Matthew Salvatore and the double-barreled double J, Jeff and Jeff. Thanks to you both for your thoughts this week. 
this week we have, like I said, it's a, it's a big week coming up. So we have Sith Disturbers coming at you for Powerful Friends, where we're giving away Kanan and Hera Black Series. Yeah, that's a, a very potent uh, Powerful Friends gift at this point. That, yeah, that's a good one. That's a doozy. So patreon.com slash tumblingsaber is where you want to go. If you're listening to this podcast on the day it drops, you still have a little bit of time to get in on that contest. So head on over there. And actually, you know what? Go sign up anyway, because we'll we'll be back with a new contest for another giveaway next week or next month. And um, and you're also going to get a ton of exclusive podcast content. So patreon.com slash tumblingsaber, two bucks a month, three bucks a month, and you will be loaded with Star Wars content. Um, and that's it. Corey, where can people find you on Twitter? Come on, man. You know you can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. Amazing. And I am at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And James, you can find James at the Green Door Pod. You can also find ads there as well, along with May, as they talk all things Tol- Tolkien. So go check them out at the Green Door Pod. They're now on iTunes, which makes things a lot easier for, for those of us who like to listen to things on iTunes. And lastly, but not leastly, please go check out the new and improved Star Wars Commonwealth website where you'll find all of our friends doing amazing, amazing Star Wars work. Uh, so, fill it, yeah, round out your week. Once, you, once you've gotten through your rushes at work, you can put your feet up and listen to the Star Wars Commonwealth as we serenade you with the sweet sounds of Star Wars and other asserted, assorted nerdery. And that'll do for now, guys. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your weeks, and we'll talk soon.
we 